Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Grab Matters Podcast. Today we welcome on a very special guest, Bobby Sutherland. Bobby Sutherland is the commissioner of the Professional Wake Skate League. Talk with him about his early days growing up, what it's like to build a cable in your backyard, and some of the problems that are involved with it. What he currently does for work and how that kind of translates to starting up the PWL. How he got the idea for the PWL. Talk about that and a bunch of other stuff with Bobby. Really great chat with him. Hope you guys enjoy. They're talking about wakeboarding. The thing about wakeboarding, every trick is an invert. Backside. Air railings. All right. We're back. Another episode of the Grab Matters podcast. Today we welcome on a very special guest, Bobby Sutherland. Bobby, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. Welcome to your least viewed podcast. See, everybody always says that, man. No one wants to hear what <laughs> I have to say. No one wants, and then people want to hear what you have to say. They say it's the best episode they've seen. So, hey. Well, if they're smart, they'll listen because we got some juice to talk about. <laughs> Bobby's going to get into it. Bobby's excited and, he, and I'm fired up for it. Um, so let's start off with the, you know, I got three easy questions for you. Yeah. One, wake pants, yes or no? So this one, I'm going to say yes, but can we, let's just, let's get right into it. So I'm not, what are you waiting for? Yeah. I'm not waiting for so it. So I recently found out I'm banned or blocked from Wake Nation Cincinnati. That's where, this, that's where this whole thing comes from, on right? Instagram? Like, yeah. It may or may not come from. I don't know. <laughs> You're trying to not get blocked. I'm trying not to, <laughs> to get sued is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's where this whole wake pants thing. Yeah. I mean, I've rocked them for sure. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm a sports guy. Like, we don't talk about uniforms really in other sports. So I'm kind of questioning you why you, why, you, why, you, why you ask everybody so much. Well, it's, a interesting, it's an interesting question because I think the kit matters. So I think what yeah. you wear matters. Yeah, I mean, I would def- definitely say in team sports, there's a lot of like unique kits out like now, like whether it's city themed or like a throwback know, kit. Yeah, or... throwback. So kits matter, um, but it's like each teach their own. But I have definitely rocked some wake pants, maybe Attaboy. space mob themed. Okay, I like it. I like it. You guys uh, are good influencers, eh? They're very good influencers. Um, so I don't know if this one really applies to you, but favorite grab? Yeah, I was actually talking about this with Quinn. Um, so for me to do, I would say nose. And we're talking on a wake skate. On a wake, wake skate. On a wake, wake skate. skate. Okay. That's yeah. what I was asking. Yeah. Um, to watch, um, st- I'm going to stick with wake skating. Uh, you know, grabs aren't really, it's kind of, you could say grabs don't matter on a wake skate. Depends on the trick, I guess. But cause like some tricks are harder with a grab or without a grab, you know, like three sixties and spins and stuff. Yeah. But, um, I, I like the crail. Like Cross does this front board crail. Um, mm. I think he's tried some shove outs, like finger shove outs. I know some people have done that, but like, I don't know. Cross is so like long and lanky. Like, man, his crails are so sick because he like barely like barely has to bend over. For me to do that is like I'm out for three weeks. After. Yeah, dude, it's not happening. I, I got to hit a couple of yoga classes before I start <laughs> doing stuff like that. But for sure, okay. Yeah. So crail is, is up there. Yeah, nose for me personally to do. No, oh, this is a good one. I don't think anyone said nose yet. So that's I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then another easy question. Um, should wake skaters' prize purses be the same as wakeboarders' prize purses? This is an easy one? <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, we got to dive into this one. I mean, let's just, let's, uh, most of the podcasts start with the early days. I think we should start with, you know, lay into it. What, what do you think? <sighs> it's not an easy answer. Good thing we got a podcast. You can talk about it. <laughs> you want to go into this right now? Yeah, you're not, pu- I'm not putting to a yes or no. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm curious your thoughts because as the commission of the PWL, as we'll get into later, but curious your thoughts on this. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, without getting like too political, uh, you know, let's back up and go women's equal pay. Um, you know, professionally 
whether it's, you know, in the workforce or in the wakeboard world, of course, women should be paid equal. I think that goes without saying. Now, wake skating, the evil redheaded stepchild, I feel, without getting too political, that you could say every argument for women getting equal pay, you could say the same exact thing for wake skating. Now, does that mean that we deserve it? I don't know. It's tough. That there's the meaning of definition of deserve is really depends on who you are. If you're the commissioner trying to sell sponsorships, yeah, you want your riders to be successful. Like for me, wake skating, yeah, I want these guys to be able to wake skate every day of their life and to do that and make a living and be able to pay their bills and, you know, everything else. Of course, that's that's the end goal for every guy, yeah. I think, that wants to be a pro. Um are they putting in the same amount of work as the pro riders that are going to the gym or the pro wakeboarders that are going to the gym and doing all that? Yeah. Like guys like Trav, that dude is working his ass off. Um, there's plenty of guys that are out there doing what it takes to be a professional athlete. Um, so deserve is, is tough. Now you look at the market share, um, you know, back to the women, there's probably what one pro model women's board to what, eight or nine for every major company. I would say Not really probably a fair <laughs> estimate. Yeah. Not really a wakeboard guy anymore, but um, so the market share is obviously different. You know, let's just call it for even numbers one to nine. Um, wake skating is even less than that. You know, the major companies aren't pressing our boards anymore. Um, a couple of them are. Ronix, I think, has got a couple. There's a couple like entry level boards out there from some of the major brands, but you know, we definitely hold a very small part of the market share. So, as a guy that's selling sponsorships, if you're hosting like a for instance, a full-size cable contest, um, you know, there's probably going to be, what, five wake skaters, if you're lucky? So do they deserve equal pay? It's, it's as, a, as a contest organizer, man, that is tough to, to say they do. But they're putting in just as much work, and they just identify as a wake skater. So it's, it's tough. But the other side of that coin is if you are given equal pay, then you got guys like, uh, window, um, Daniel, well, Daniel Grant's different. Um, some of the wakeboarders that cross over when that money is available, they go cross over because why not? They want the money, you know? Yeah. So there's no good answer. Okay. Um, I think that, I think it would be nice to see the, the, the margin smaller, but man, something's got to change somewhere. It's, it's a tough one, but um, yeah, there's just no good answer, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I could play devil's advocate, and you know, you already brought up kind of some of the points that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about right now. Um, but one of which is like the participation base. Like, so you know, the wakeboarders that are entering the contest are, let's say, there's a hundred wakeboarders entering the contest, and you said there's you know ten wake skaters. So a lot of people would say, well, why would the wake skaters? Why should they should get 10% of what the purse is, right? Because they represent 10% of the, you know, equation. But it's not usually as simple as that. And I think a lot of people use that to do men and women's pay as well. They go, well, they're a smaller percentage, so they get a smaller percentage of the pay. So I don't. I think the the solution lies somewhere within the middle of that, and that's just my opinion. Because no, they shouldn't make less than guys because, or wake skaters shouldn't make less than wakeboarders. You know, as you know, just talking about it, kind of shooting the shit, but should they make as much? I don't know, but they should make more because if they make more then it incentivizes people to actually do it. And that's like a huge part of getting people in the sport is like an incentivize, you know, the kids to actually see that as a possible dream that they can fulfill when they get older. So that's, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I don't know the answer either. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, and and to back up to you, like I just feel like, you know, if I, you know, this came up obviously on social media not that long ago, and I've, I jumped in and said some things. But like, of course, the people are going to put out there like, do wake skaters deserve the same pay as a guy who represents wake skating? I'm going to say yeah. Like, <laughs> like I got some some smack from some of my homies, you know. But it's like you know, like you know, you're, you're killing sponsors, you know, blah blah blah. But it's like. I got to stick up for waste skating, you know, like I feel like every argument that you can make for you know, not to take anything away from the women. Like I'm a huge proponent of women wakeboarding and we'll get into that later. But, you know, I feel like every argument you can make for them, you can make for us. They, they put in as much work. Um, you know, they're, they're marketing just as hard. Um, we don't share the same market. It's tough. A tough world out there. Do you think if wake skating embraced wakeboarding a little bit more, that would make it a little bit easier for some of the wakeboarders to... All right, Wes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm just, I'm being real. Uh, you know, this is D- an, another one that's like, that's touchy. Um, because there's, we are, again, we're small. There's so many different aspects to have fun on your wake skate or on your board of any kind, you know, whether it's winch, cable, boat. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that ride in the PWL aren't really fond of full-size cables, period. Um, that's not really core to them, I guess you could say. Um, I guess, I guess why would you say that is? Cause I don't under, like, I, I think it's just the, like the skateboard background, I guess. Like, you know, they want to do, they want to go to the park to practice, to do stuff in the streets. And, you know, our two tower contests are, you know, drops, which are very similar to like street league or, you know, rail hits and stuff like that. And so I think just trying to stay core to the sport that we want to represent, which is skateboarding. I think that's just kind of how that, that comes out. It's interesting that the core wants to represent a sport that isn't, their sport i mean i think wakeboarding wake skating we we were birthed from other sports so you have to you know as <laughs> this is a, a one's going to come back on me but like you know you have to you have to you know help the hand that feeds you um which wake skating kind of aborted at one time um and you know, we just we saw what happened wake skating almost died but you, know, you can't kill disco. You can't kill wake skating. People are still going to do it. That, okay, so that is a good point. And I think that anyone who talks about the state of water sports as a whole, the industry, people participation, all that shit, at the end of the day, you're not going to kill any of these activities because they are naturally fun to do. Wake skating is fun. Yeah. Wakeboarding is fun. It's a toy, right? It's a toy, dude. <laughs> but, and and it, you can drastically alter the direction of which it goes, but you're not going to kill it. It's not going to die. No, I mean, for guys like you and I, scrub wakeboarders and wake skaters, you know, this sport has changed our life. I mean, it's changed the way I talk, the way I dress, the way I act, probably the way I walk a little bit, a little swagger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's more than just a sport. It's more than just a toy. Um, But it's a passion and it's a way of life. So it's not going to die. People are always going to be passionate about it, but there are certain things to our sport that make it progress and contests are part of that. Hate is a part of that too. Um, you know, it just takes a lot to progress the sport and we're so small right now. It's just hard to encompass everything. Cable, full size boat. You know, it's hard to do. We tried to do a boat contest. We tried to do a full size cable contest and it's just hard to get without money, man. It's hard to draw anybody. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we're into this. So we might as well just keep kind of going into it. But do you think that naturally, like, cables, contests, especially wake skate, aren't really shown well on a full-size cable in the sense that it, it doesn't really lead to a great, like, viewer experience or even rider experience, I would say. 
have you experienced that, you know, doing some of the PWL events? I know it's mostly two tower or all two tower. Yeah, it's all two tower. Um, you're saying does wake skating doesn't do well on a full size because of it doesn't look well, I guess you're saying? Or yeah, maybe, well? maybe it doesn't translate the best to a full size rather than Honestly, I feel like wakeboarding contests are tough on the full size for crowds too. I would agree. Yeah. Um, until, until we got Ian. <laughs> Ian's <laughs> the man. Ian, Ian kills it, dude. <laughs> he changes the game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, like I've been a wake skater. I switched to the wake skate when I was like 13 and like my dad would have people down to our like family lake house and be like, can you get your wakeboard out and do a back roll? And be like, dad, I don't, I don't have a wakeboard anymore. And he's like, you can use mine. I'm like, dad, you don't have like, he's got like the, you know, the $300 package board with like no, no foam. I'm like, or break my ankle. But I'd still go out there and do it, you know, have fun. Cause people want to see a back roll. They want to see people go upside down. So like to somebody that doesn't know what wake skating is, it's maybe it's not as showy. Maybe it's, but once you get into it, like I think every wakeboarder would say that wake skating's hard. I, I, I don't uh, know. They have I, a lot of respect for it. As they should, because I think wake skating is possibly one of the hardest sports in the world. Uh, you hey, know, I, thanks, bud. <laughs> I don't know if there's like a like an argument that you can be had because skating's super hard, but it's so accessible and so easy to, to get so many repetitions. That's true. Wake skating is like really hard to get repetitions. Yeah, like if you don't have your own two tower system in your backyard, like Reed Hansen, like it's really hard to get repetitions. Yeah. Or oh, you, <laughs> yeah. that's probably who you thought I was <laughs> talking about. Yeah, like hey, that's fired. Um, yeah. It's it's definitely tough, um, but also interesting because like wake skating is the cheapest way to get into toad water sports, and yet you know we see people wake surfing that are could be really good at wake skating, like really good. Yeah, and wake skating doesn't have that like I mean yes, wake skating can hurt. You can hit the board. You still have an early slam, but it's not the wakeboarding where you're going, you know, wake to wake really fast and you're strapped in. So you're not going to have like the whiplash face plants as much as you would. But you disagree? I mean, have you heard about traps fall? I've heard, I, there's a lot of falls. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Get tossed like a rag doll is, is pretty brutal, man. Like, you had to give it to the boat guys, like the, the wakeskate boat guys. Like, I mean, it's, they both are hard. I yeah. can't say that one is – once they went to, like, closed-toed bindings and, like, ratcheting yourself in, like, yeah, those falls suck. Yeah. That's why I kind of started wake skating. It's like I can learn to fall, you know, to my back. You learn to fall smart like a skateboard. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it is. I, know. I would say there's some – I've seen rough falls on both. Like, you can still catch a hard edge on a wake skate. That's true, yeah. And you can hit the skate. The people people forget about that. The- yeah, I mean, pros aren't really hitting their skate, but – I, I am. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying, dude. I'm not a pro out there. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about that today, too. It's like, yeah, like, pros don't have to worry about hitting their head, but I do. Anything can go wrong when I'm out there. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, okay, so that was, a good, that was a good way to start that off. I mean, we'll dive into some of those topics a little bit later here, but uh, I, I do want to touch on, you know, the early days of, of Bobby Sutherland. You know, little Bobby wakeboarder. <laughs> little Bobby back roll out there. To him. Yeah. Hey, how'd you know? <laughs> Find some clips. <laughs> so, uh, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Yes, yeah, so I'm from St. Louis, born, raised, and kind of stuck, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> um, my parents had a, uh, a you know, like a family cabin down in St. Genevieve, which is like an hour south. It's kind of a blessing. Uh, the, it's like a small cabin community. It's it's a gated community, but it's super redneck, so it sounds very like rich or fancy. But man, there are some. We call them Hoosiers. I forget. Like I say that so. We, we, Hoosiers is not a term of endearment in Missouri. It's like you're a redneck. 
But Indiana, it's like a compliment. It's, I was going to say that's like strange. their logo or yeah. their whatever you call it. Pretty strange. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's pretty Hoosier down there. But um, my parents like got it before they were married. They got a loan from my grandma. And uh, my dad got addicted to water skiing from his dad. And uh, they just wanted to have a place to enjoy themselves on the water before they even thought about having kids. Okay. So this is on the water, though? This cabin is located? Yeah, the only one on the water on this like 75-acre lake. And everybody else is just like kind of out in the sticks and they get late rights to the lake. But we're the only ones that are like on the water but no dock so we have to like beach our boat and stuff so it's a private lake basically yeah yeah pretty much dude it's wow okay so when did you get into when did you get first to get into water sports i've tried to we've tried to like break this down but i think i got up on skis when i was like six i have an older sister and so i was always like chasing her um but uh i think it was like six or seven i got up on the same wooden pair of skis that my dad learned on which is kind of cool. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then I was a kneeboard king forever. Loved riding backwards. Yeah. Switch, I think <laughs> some call that. I guess. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, weird to say that wakeboarding was invented when I was like 12, maybe, I think, 11, 12. And uh, the first thing we had was called this Conley stick. Uh, shout out Kirby Leesman. He just found one uh, for me recently. It's a unidirectional board that CWB made or Conley made, whatever, and it had a freaking surfboard fin on it, like this big. It was directional, obviously, <clears throat> and uh, it was set up goofy. And so uh, that's what we learned to get up on. Took a bunch of tries, but got up on this thing and uh, didn't know how to change the bindings, so we just learned how to get up goofy. Okay. But so- I also like wasn't really into board sports, so I don't think I really knew what goofy or regular was. You weren't really thinking about it at the time. It was just... This is how this is set up. This is how you Look do it. Look at this cool surfboard. Let's put it on. Get in the water. <laughs> Maybe we were the rednecks. I'm not sure. <laughs> You're the Hoosiers down there. Yeah. Okay. So, well, this is a perfect time to get into a, a Patreon question from none other than WMJ, Weston Mark Jacobson. Um, if you guys do want to join that Patreon, Bobby's on there. We got a bunch of people on there asking questions. Yeah. So, yeah, you can see the, the guests out early. You can go ahead and ask some questions. We got a little bit more exclusive content on there as well. So, go ahead and join that if you're interested. Um, Wes is wondering in this stance talk. Are you goofy or regular? Because I know you're going to say goofy, but it's real confusing watching you do switch three shoves. <laughs> Explain yourself, Bob. Uh, man. Shout out, Wes. What's up? Yeah. Shout and out, Wes. Wes, Cena, Zeph. I just got to see them. Had lunch at, or breakfast lunch with them yesterday. The fam's looking good. Love to see. Love to hear yeah. that. Uh, man. So, so yeah, this board is the, is the reason, man. This, uh, so I got up on this thing and then next we got the evil twin. And so I just kept riding goofy. And so I do everything else left foot forward on the, on the shore, a razor left foot forward. You what left foot <laughs> forward? I was making a scooter joke. Oh, <laughs> razor scooter. Okay. Um, no, I, I skateboard left foot forward. Like I don't really skateboard. I longboard, I guess, uh, I snowboard left foot forward. I can do a lot of stuff goofy now just cause I'm ridiculous. But, um, I surf left foot forward, wake surf left foot forward. Okay. And uh, I wake, so I wakeboarded behind the boat right foot forward. And so everything like wake style trick, I would do goofy. And then once I started uh, wake skating, it just felt right to shove it left foot forward. So I started doing shoves left foot forward. Shout out Pops for turning the boat around a bajillion times on on that old cassette deck. Finally got it though. And then, you know, next step was a three shove. So I started doing three shoves that way. And then once I started figuring out what wake skating was, I was like, oh man, I'm all messed up. Sounds like it. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I have a hard time figuring out, like, how to do certain tricks sometimes. And even I'll call tricks wrong because I'll be like, oh, that guy's, you know, doing a what would be a backside board slide right foot forward, and then he'll, like, 
you know, front shove out. And I'm like, wait, is that a front shove or a back shove? Cause he's, oh, it's like, oh. yeah, I get it confused. Yeah. So, okay. so if you go to front board or rail, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> left foot forward or right foot forward? Right foot forward. Okay. And if you're, if you're spinning out like a shove out of a rail, would you prefer to do that right foot forward or left foot forward? Yeah. So I'd like prefer like a, a goofy footed backboard with let's call it a clockwise shove. Okay. Out. I love that. Clockwise shove out. Okay. So, so like, and it's kind of, and TJ actually brought this up. He said, TJ geese, he said that you, you like to do a lot of things just clockwise, which is kind of interesting too. Cause I do, I do do like left foot forward front threes, but I do like to spin very comfortably hmm. clockwise. That's interesting because I think yeah, in, weird. in wakeboarding, like I, I have a much easier time spinning to the left, which was like switch front side. You're regular. I'm goofy. Oh, okay. So like weird. Switch front side 360 super easy, yeah. like backside okay. spin super easy. But the other way isn't just as comfortable for me for some reason. I don't know why. But I never really thought about it in wake skating in the sense of you're spinning the actual board underneath yourself. So Yeah, it's weird cuz like, you know, I was doing or I I did nose 180s behind the boat on the wake skate and I would do that right foot forward and I would try threes. I never landed one, but on the wakeboard I would do heel side front side threes. So when I went to the cable, I started doing heel side front side threes goofy and then at valdosta i started doing them switch off the kicker nose grab and i was like dang this is pretty fun (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what i am i don't know okay Uh, it's i can't call like i would not say it's a switch three shove though to be to clarify like if i go out and do a left foot forward three shove to me that is the easiest i can't do a right foot forward three shove so you have to judge me very specifically you need your own division yeah the the bobby (laughs) division (laughs) commish the dropped as a baby division. All right. <laughs> so talking about contests, um, you sandbagged in your oh first God. toe jam event, was it? Or one of the first, one, your first toe jam event, I think, right? I sandbagged. There's That's what I heard. <laughs> From who? From yourself, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I sandbagged. You could go ahead and take a sip because what exactly set the scene for, for that toe jam event? And so this happened? was my 21st birthday in I think 2008 or something this must have been from a wake skate podcast or something but um yeah so uh I go down there go to the projects like big into wake skating wake skate nerd I go do this Byerly toe jam thing see what it's all about I was like dad will you enter me in the contest there's no way I'm gonna do well in this thing you know and he's like yeah sure why not like he'd been taking me to contests my whole life doing INT and stuff and so I go down there and I entered, it was a, uh, it was a rail jam towed behind the jet ski or this, I guess this contest was. And so, um, nobody knew who I was, what I was. So I get ready to take off the dock and this is like April, by the way, I guess 420 for Byerly's birthday. And, um, so I hadn't ridden at all. Like that's, that's early season for us, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, so it's behind the jet ski, which I rode a lot behind the jet ski at home. And, uh, right before I left BT was there announcing and he's like, Hey man, you goofy or regular. And I was like, goofy you know just didn't think about it goofy been wakeboarding forever goofy you know whatever and so i go out and on the jet ski i pretty much ride regular because i'm doing a lot of shove tricks on the lip and whatnot and so the jet ski takes off and i'm just warming up like doing a bunch of lip tricks i haven't ridden at all you know i'm just doing whatever and so bt gets on the mic dude and he's like i'm pretty sure this guy just lied to me and told me he's goofy (laughs) just like you get extra points or something i can't remember exactly what he said you know and BT and I are good friends now. And so like, oh, I think we've laughed about it since then, but 
Like he called me out on the mic, dude. <laughs> and I didn't know this till like watching the clips back later. I can like like watching me. I was fall. gonna say you probably couldn't hear. Or yeah, and I'm like watching it back. I'm like, oh my god, dude. I'm like shunned forever. <laughs> I ended up like going out and falling on my first two rail hits anyway. Didn't matter anyway. Yeah, last. <laughs> That's karma for lying about your stance, Bobby, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, man. It was so funny. Okay, so uh, other than wake skating and, and wakeboarding, kind of when you're growing up, is there any other sports you're into? Oh, man. Uh, I wouldn't say I was like a team sport guy. I played baseball, soccer growing up a bit, um, but I definitely didn't make any teams in high school. I tried out for soccer and I couldn't, I got shin splints, couldn't even like walk up the stairs to my bed. So I was like, screw this shit. Um, but I was a big fan of, uh, of NFL football. My dad took me to my first uh, Rams game when they came to St. Louis in like 95. And uh, we were diehards, man. They were there for 21 seasons. Wow. I'm really sorry to hear that then that they, cause they did up and leave. So yeah, there's, there's more to that we'll get into too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were here for 21 seasons. I missed two home games, dude. Like we were diehards. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Legit. Diehards. And um, I ended up started. I was working there uh, towards the end of the their time in St. Louis at the Dome, and um, I work in video production. And so I got to see like behind the scenes them leaving. And if you're not into sports, like it was very dirty. Like they they put a bad coach out there on purpose. They were losing just to like piss off fans. Like we ended up suing the city. Ended up suing uh, the NFL and won a bunch of money. So it was pretty dirty, man. It was. It really killed my vibe with the NFL. Like, I haven't watched a single football game since. Like, it was slimy. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised, like, but I didn't know that there was some ins and outs to it as an an outsider. My, my, I don't know if you, Kronk, I know you probably know who Kronky is, but he's like, he used to own the Rams and he's kind of the reason why they left. And my old boss, they had their suite next to our video production booth. My boss would always joke, like, I'm going to go in there and teabag all his fruit. Like, damn, dude, you're going to get us fired. <laughs> I can't even say that shit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was – but, man, it was cool to, like – so I went to games with my dad, and then I started working there right before I turned 21, so I never got to, like, drink at the game with my dad. But working there was so surreal for me because I was a fan, and then I got to sit up in the booth, and it was super cool Yeah, being a, being a Rams fan. <laughs> That's super sick. So I want to get into the work side of things and how you got into that in a little bit. But um, when you're growing up, so you have this kind of private lake – house in the gated community which must be nice to grow up with bobby uh who, who did you ride with i mean was it just your family that you're riding with like your sister and your parents or what's what's that look like yeah i had some uh high school friends that would come down um you know there was only like a couple buddies that were like really into it like i was because i was competing in int like i wasn't good i was like intermediate but it was just fun to go and meet other people that you know cared about wakeboarding and, and I, I would announce those events so i got to meet all the people and there were some families that kind of took us under the wing, under their wing when we first started an INT and it was cool just to see that that happen. Um, but yeah, I had some friends that would go down there and we'd ride, but I was kind of always the best of the group and I was doing like a back roll in a 360 in high school and never really like progressed past that. So um, I had like one friend that was just kind of good at everything and he like he couldn't do a wake to wake, but he could do a back roll. And so he's he was, that guy. Yeah, he's that guy. Okay. And I like, I remember he landed it and I like jumped out of the boat and almost crashed the boat. Cause like, I was so stoked that somebody landed a back roll, you know, my dad's like, the boat. Uh, but yeah, that was you know, pretty much just family and friends. I would say. Yeah. Okay. So not like a, like a homie crew you had that was going out all the time. Yeah. No filming. No, like, I mean, I was like practicing my INT runs, like writing them on my hand and stuff, you know, yeah. but yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Okay. Uh, do you have any favorite movies, wake specific movies growing up? Are you watching any? <sighs> oh man, that's tough vhs's 
Could be. Do you know what that is? I, yeah, I know what it is. I'm not what? I'm not a kid. Um, man, there's a lot. Um, Twelve Honkies, uh, Metronome. Okay. Spoke pretty loudly to me. Uh, Keith Lyman's part in there was. I met Keith Lyman at a boat. Shop. I worked at a boat at a boat dealer pro shop guy. You know, one of those deals. Keith Lyman came in with his spiky hair and that nuclear tantrum he did. Pretty sick. Spoke to you. Spoke to me. Okay. And of course, I think Grub was in there and um, some other waste skaters. But um, waste skating, I would say like Asterix was pretty big. I think they went out to like somewhere near Vegas and built a bunch of rails and stuff with a bunch of the Hyperlight guys and cassette guys. Um, man, that was cool. Yeah. That was super cool. There's some good ones right there. Yeah. I mean, any any favorite riders? You, you, you named a couple there, but anyone that you really looked up to back then? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was a Byerly rider. We were a Hyperlite dealer. So uh, shout out Jeremy Baker, by the way. Do you know Baker? No. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> Jeremy Baker is the Hyperlite. I think he actually just got promoted, but he was the Hyperlite dealer in our area. And man, that guy would, man, that guy worked his butt off, man. And he's, shout out to him. He He's definitely made it, um, made wakeboarding fun for a lot of people and made made some some people's careers just happen um but he would come out and uh uh he would always you know show me the latest wake skates of course since so i rode byerly's forever um i wrapped so much around for your question now just guys you looked up to I mean, oh Byerly. oh so grub uh i looked up to grub a lot he was probably my favorite rider he came out and did a demo with us once and uh rode behind my, our boat on the river and he did some super cool stuff but like i remember him like falling and getting back up and i was like whoa that's cool like he just fell on his back and stood back up like i gotta figure out how oh to like that. when he's riding okay, yeah okay. and like never fell like like went all the way down and like i'd never seen that in person because like oh. when you see videos you don't see the falls right so sure, seeing him do that, that in, yeah. yeah seeing him do that in person i was like oh i gotta figure out how to how to recover like that you know and uh poor guy like i was the only wake skater on the boat he had to do a bunch of wakeboard lessons which i'm sure happened to him all the time but yeah, I looked up to him a lot. Uh, Thomas Sorrell, um, uh, Danny Hampson. He's got a kind of a weird, goofy, regular situation going on too. Kind of the opposite of what I got, but he's a lot, lot freaking better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I looked up to that. Uh, met him and Aaron Reed out at pretty much any of the guys that I met. You know, it's like you know, even working in like the sports world, it was it wasn't getting these autographs. It was like actually getting to hang out with these guys and like seeing who they were as yeah. people was what meant more to me i think you know talk to them yeah yeah that Hanging makes sense with them, you know yeah definitely i mean that shows just goes just goes to show the importance of you know meeting someone once like we were talking about before the podcast is meaningless or you know priceless for someone and it could be meaningless for the guy who, yeah. who meets you but like it's it means the world you know I'll, what i mean i'll dive into that because we set it off cameras i was given 100 props about this podcast because like i'm connected to every single guest whether it's been somebody like mike olson who has spent a ton of time at his cable he sold me my cable um, or Ollie Jerome, I had a shot with him at a bro stock, like real quick, but it's those little bitty moments that, you know, were forgettable for Ollie, but was a big moment for me as a you know young enthusiast rider. And it's just kind of a reminder to the riders out there. And I think Dylan spoke about this with the life jacket situation, you know, like there's a lot of people that look up to these guys. Yeah. And so whether you're rocking helmets or not, or, you know, talking this way or that way, like people are always watching and they're going to remember those things. And whether it's a kid or a parent, like, you kind of always got to be on your A game, but you know, just be true to yourself. Just be a real human, you know. Hundred percent. Don't be a dick, <laughs> unless you have to be. But yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> um, okay, I think. Uh, oh, actually, I do want to touch on what boat. What did you guys have growing up? Did you, you run through a couple or? Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. 
Can I talk some shit? Sure. <laughs> what kind of podcast do you think this is? Of course. Man, Tiger got us, dude, with the tap system. They had, like, a tap system that, like, um, was supposed to be a wake-enhancing device. Okay. And when it was on wakeboard setting, it was doing nothing. It was, like, out of the water. It's just a marketing scheme that got us. Well, that's what they're there for. <laughs> they want to get you. It was a good boat, though. We, you know, we we were good friends with the dealer, um, but now my parents have an Axis. Okay. Uh, they just got a newer Axis, and surf gates and stuff are game changers, man. Like I hardly I hardly get to get down there to ride with them, but you know I foil a little bit now and get to get to do that down there. And I almost wish I got to ride more because these boats are are so nice, and I'm lucky to have one because they're so damn expensive. But yeah. The crazy game, but uh, you know, foiling's fun, wake surfing's fun, and so it's it's good to you know, I took all the wake skaters down there one time after the PWL and it's nice just to change the game up and just get out there and have fun with the boys. Yeah, relax, have a good yeah. time, smile, drink some uh bush lattes. <laughs> uh I, you know what? I think we should jump into the L F and Wheel of Questions, which is presented by Liquid Force. Hey. The L F and Wheel of Questions. So we got a bunch of... Can we bring this down? Yeah, you go ahead and grab that sucker. Bring it down here. So we got a bunch of different... Uh, some of them are questions. Some of them are things you have to do. Um, I guess, you know, we can run through them all here. So we got... Should I give it like a practice swing? See how much like yeah, resistance do a practice, it has? Do a practice swing. Okay. okay it's okay. Good. it's pretty good. I, you know, it took me a while to install this sticker on there. This um, one? So, no, this one. Because <laughs> I had to buy the bolt. Oh, yeah. uh, we got... Let's see what we got here. Wakeskate trivia. St. Louis trivia. Uh, that's where you're from. Uh, chug a glass of milk, chug a beer, and then there's chug a beer, but that one's in all caps. Oh. Um, <laughs> worst trend in wakeboarding, hottest wake take, greatest of all time, um, and then steal a trick and make a movie. And if we land on one of those, I'll explain it a little bit more. But go and, ahead, go ahead and give this sucker a spin. I'm not looking forward to any of these. Like they're all gonna take a while. That's whether it's chug a beer or <laughs> hottest wake take. All right, here we go. Oh, that was a good spin. Nervous. Oh my beer. God. <laughs> Fuck. Well, you can pour it in a glass if you want, though. I think. That, can I just chug the rest of this? You know what, Bobby? That's if you want to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy because I got to drive. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> or you. Uh, and this goes can, out to Ralphie because Ralphie tried to get me to fucking uh, beer bong so many beers at yard sale and PWL, and I refused every time. Wow. Yeah. That's. I don't that's, chug. I don't. I, if I had to chug a full beer, I'd probably be yakking all over your studio See, okay so. you want some people are just not built for it just not built for it. my right. sister now she can handle it <laughs> okay get her on the pod chugging some beers all right well here goes bobby finishing here goes his nothing. uh here goes to not puking yeah <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna time it but if we're doing oh, okay this is that was good that was pretty solid thanks dude i mean we're not breaking any records here but that wasn't you know you really buried the lead on that one with how long that was gonna take you to finish okay sorry no, that's good. Okay. That's good. I thought we were going to be sitting here for five minutes. I was going to have to fill the air with. It's from, it's by light. It's from St. Louis. So I got to represent, I guess. That's why I got it. <laughs> hey. There you go. All right. Well, go ahead and put that wheel back. Thanks Damn, for the one I didn't want. <laughs> I well, guess that's better than giving some hot take or something, you know? Well, I mean, we're going to, we can start off with hot takes. We're going to get into plenty more. Yeah, after, yeah true. So. Uh, all right. Um, let's talk. Uh, I got to raise this chair real quick. Yeah. I feel like I got like, I feel a like a short Ollie Durham right now. <laughs> Thanks for taking the booster seat off. <laughs> in the car. Well, the funny thing is, dude, I have that chair is like a, my fam one of the family's chairs. It was here. It's a really nice one. And then this chair I got off Amazon for like 
twenty nine dollars. Hey. It's bad. Like it's oh, like people. I, I I edit these back and I'm always like adjusting. Yeah. And I notice myself <laughs> doing that. Pop. <laughs> Sometimes well, it pops. Piece of advice: you should never give interviewees or ers a swivel chair because they'll just do this the whole time. See, that's why I kind of got you locked in yeah, that little yeah, spot very there. Locked in so, here. <laughs> Get skinny. Yeah. No, thankfully I don't think I've run into that problem actually yet because. I do have it locked yeah, in such yeah, a corner. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no one's going anywhere. Oh, another thing too, if you want to be a good guest, there are specific ears that these headphones go on. Oh yeah, there are. Some people don't realize. Did somebody that. put it on backwards? Uh, there's been a few. Oh man, I that's on me for not saying something. But I can't you, see. I think you've had it on backwards too. No way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But I, I don't know because right it's now. no, not now. No, no, not now. Well, I said I had to check now. Oh. I made sure. But now that I'm, I'm rethinking it because. I think that maybe I'm wrong because I was looking at your cord going across the desk and I'm thinking, man, he doesn't have it on the left ear, but I think I was looking at you through the camera. Dyslexic, you know, (laughs) I edit all my podcast switch. That's why it looks like the (laughs) ears are on. He mirrors at all the cameras. (laughs) So you guys are wrong. That was good advice though on the swivel chair. Thankfully I haven't run into issues. Another thing too, that a lot of TV people do is I'll put a pillow behind here so that makes them like sit up. I'm a huge slouch. I'm a huge slouch guy. I'm going to, I'm not usually in front of the camera, so I'm going to be judging the shit out of my. You look great, Bobby. You look great. You look tan. You look awesome. Tan. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's, nice. I'm comparing to myself. It's just yeah. white as white. You're a ginger. Usually. Yep, I am. I do try to get tan sometimes. What's though. it like not having a soul? It doesn't weigh me down. It feels great. <laughs> do souls have weight though? It, emotionally and spiritually, it doesn't weigh me down. Is what I mean. Okay. Yeah, I can do anything. Yeah, like make Instagram accounts and not care what people say about me. Ooh, I wanted to get into that. I forgot. Can we back up to that? <laughs> no, we're going to talk about the spills right now. Okay, cool. Okay, so, I mean, I guess, is there anything... You mentioned you were 21, you went to Toe Jam. So you're kind of involving yourself in the scene. You're working at a dealer or something, right? Yeah, I was done with the dealership by then. That was like a high school, maybe even a little bit of college thing. Um, so I, I went, I guess, at high school, I I went to a school didn't stay there very long came back home was working in media Ooh, there's that joke there you go and um i started so i guess uh on the professional side uh i'm at home now um and i was working for my dad actually who owned a trucking company at the time it was freaking horrible dude <laughs> what were was, you doing it was, i was working in dispatch phones rang all the time it was a good job it was easy Oh, says why I don't chug beers. I, I was going to give you the option to do milk instead, but I kind of wanted to see the It'd probably beer, be the same so. effect. It might be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was working in dispatch phones, running a lot. Um, I think that I just pretty quickly realized that I would, I didn't want to, f- it's not that I didn't want to follow my dad's footsteps, but it just, I just didn't fit in like, and I was like working next to these people that were, you know, this is something you probably shouldn't say in the workforce, but like they were way older than me and I did not want to be doing what they were doing for the next 20 years of my life. And so I was on Craigslist at work looking for jobs. <laughs> Sorry, dad. <laughs> and, uh, I found one on Craigslist at uh, a new arena that had been built at a college campus and they were looking for a camera crew to shoot the basketball games. And so I was like, heck yeah, that sounds cool. I'll go try that. I was into videography in high school and college or junior high in high school. And so I jumped on that and got hired. And um, my boss, um, she announced that she, during training, she announced that she was pregnant and going to take a maternity leave. And she needed an intern to take over and learn her job and do her job when she was gone. And I was like, heck, yeah, I'll do that. You're like, that sounds great. Yeah. So I did that. I, actually, I was pretty cool with my um, 
my professors. And so we were kind of like halfway into the semester, but he let me like start late. And so that was super cool. I got to learn so much about the ins and outs of that facility, which carried over to other facilities in our, in our city for the, the Cardinals and the Rams. And so I just learned a ton. And once she came back, I just kind of stayed a part of the crew, kept learning. And then um, <clears throat> an opportunity came available at the Rams to work on their game day crew. So I started doing that. And then same at the Cardinals. So I started working there. Just working game day, fan entertainment. You know, when you go to the game, what you see on the big screen, kiss cam. I was going to say, what are you doing? Like, what is your actual, like, you know, physically, what are you doing at the locations? So I started as like a utility. I just kind of fill in doing camera op, uh, audio, um, graphics, anything. Um, but eventually I landed in the, the technical director's chair. So I was operating like this big switcher board and cutting cameras, basically. The director would sit next to me and say, like, ready one, take one. And I'm pushing the button that he's calling out. And then um, our director was kind of getting older and wasn't like really, you know, as quick and fast as he used to be. And I was like, we gotta like get somebody that's on it. Cause like I'm waiting on him and it's like, wait, you're just wasting too much time. And in live, like two seconds is a long time. Yeah, move you know? quick, yeah. And so they were like, you want to give it a go? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so they're like, if you find us a TD, we'll let you direct. And so I was like, awesome. So I started directing and I, I uh, directed for, I've been directing for, I don't know, like four or five seasons or so. And so I picked the, pick and choose the cameras. I stare at a monitor wall and uh, cameras sell me shots. And I'd say, ready one, take one, ready two, take two, and choose couples to go on kiss cam. And what do you mean cameras sell you shots? Is in like the camera, the guy operating the camera is trying to find a good shot. And yeah, there's constantly looking for shots. Like it, we don't really, in baseball, we really don't shoot the game. We're really just fan entertainment. So, we will shoot like a hero shot, like a guy makes a great play, we get a shot at him, and then we're cutting to crowd applause and applauding or whatever. Really, it's in between innings, like there's a minute and a half or so, so we're doing some kind of promotional marketing thing, whether it's a cap dance or a kiss cam or whatever. But yeah, camera guys are just constantly trying to put good shots online, and then when I see it and I like it, I'll say, ready one, and that tells them, hey, keep that shot and get ready to go online, and then I say, take one, and then it's online, and they're on air, they get a big red light on their camera, and I'm already looking for the next shot. So are you doing the the races they have in between the thing where they have tell me are those rigged? races are those rigged? Everything you see at a ballpark is rigged. <laughs> Even the game itself? No, not at all. <laughs> sorry. The fan promotions are all rigged. So I mean like that's, I guess that's not fully true, but like the mascot race, we put three random fans in there and we just let them go. Yeah, yeah. So like that's I mean that's a race. They fall Oh, the fan. There's fans in the mascots. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was. Yeah, they sign waiver at ours. They sign waivers and like, yeah, throw them in there. I've had friends do it, and yeah, it's fun. it's pretty interesting. But like the games, like we play, uh, like I don't know what's really called the whammy game. Um, basically, just a wheel goes and you say stop, and it like can land on a prize. It's mm. all rigged. We already know what's gonna happen. Um, there's a lot of kiss cam stuff we fake sometimes, like just to make some funny stuff with like an opposing team fan or whatever. But you've seen all that stuff on social media course so yeah it's a it's a good time you know it's 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 fun it's what's cool it's you know we're doing 81 games a year of fan entertainment so you know we're entertaining people so uh uh see you you were there with or with them for five seasons six seasons you said something like that i started working there in 2008 and i still work there now okay oh so long 14 time. seasons yeah okay so that isn't a year-round job though because the season isn't a full year right so Correct, yeah what are you doing outside of that yeah, so I pretty much just kind of did like seasonal sports. I would do baseball in the summer. I would do uh, basketball in the winter. And then I would do uh, some hockey here and there. Um, but I was really just kind of working 
not a full-time job, just kind of freelance, we call it. Uh, just taking jobs here and there as they came. Okay. And then I, eventually I got the full-time job at the Dome. So my boss, I was working on the crew. My boss got a promotion. He said, hey, my job's coming up. You should apply for it. And so I did. And that was awesome. Like, he's he's a big mentor of mine. And uh, that was our America Center. So it's our convention center and, and the Dome. And the company I worked for was Explore St. Louis. So they're like, you know, the company that are, you know, bringing people to St. Louis. Like, uh, so it was very cool to like kind of learn what it takes to put an event on in St. Louis. Hotel nights. Anybody trying to put an event on, you tell that community you're selling hotel nights, they will freaking go crazy. Put uh, <laughs> put butts in beds or whatever you call yeah, it, right? exactly. But it was cool. Like, uh, that was my first full-time job. And it was, I mean, that building was like 2.7 million square feet. And I was the AV guy for everything audiovisual in that, wow. in that building. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, what does that new next position look like that you took over from? Yeah. So we, we were a convention center. So we did conventions, car shows, boat shows, Halloween shows, um, monster jam, Supercross, all that good stuff. Um, Rams games when they were there, they left the job changed a lot. R- run through that. Cause I'm, I'm interested <sighs> to hear about that. Yeah, so in the dome side of things, it was really fun for me because I was in charge of the video control room, which is like a broadcast center. And so there's a lot of expensive, cool equipment in there. It's the same thing that you would, you know, that puts on a show that you watch TV on, like a a live sports show. So I would just involve myself in that room and learn the equipment. And uh, all the shows that we did in the dome were super fun because it's like Monster Jam, Supercross, football games, Um, just super fun and uh, just learned a lot. Um, When the Rams left... That pretty much took like, you know, 90% of the big events out of the dome. All that was left was the dirt events, the monster jam, the supercross, and all I'm doing is conventions. <laughs> my, my job on the convention side wasn't really like involved in the production. The production company would come in, they'd say, hey, we want to do this here. Here's our drawings. Can you get these approved? And I would say, yeah, you can. You have to use local labor. Here's those rules. And like, I just really wasn't hands-on. I wasn't involved. And I was like, this sucks. There's no windows in my office. I'd get there at 8 a.m., leave at 5. It was dark both times. Never saw daylight sometimes. The spills is being built at home, by the t- by the way. So I've got, like, a webcam. I'm just, like, staring at my computer all day, like, this shitty-ass webcam. Sneaking home for lunch, you know, which is, like, a half an hour there, half an hour back, and, like, taking a two-hour lunch just because I got to see where the dirt's at and stuff. Yeah. It was brutal. It was brutal. Okay. So I think now's a good time to talk about the spills because you just mentioned it. Um so throughout all this, you know, you're working, you're still wake skating, still like, you know, doing it for fun and, and all that stuff. When do you decide that, you know, I'm going to build a, a cable in my backyard? Uh, I don't know that I ever decided that. <laughs> um, really, I mean, it really goes back pretty far. I think that when Mike Olson built KC Water Sports, I guess first I came down to Orlando and, and rode here, you know, and. I've heard a lot of these riders talk about the camo kicker days and the red kicker. Like I hit all those things on the skate, on the skate, on the board too. Uh, the red kicker, I hell no. <laughs> you saw Steve O hit that thing on from Jackass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell no. Yeah. That was wild. Um, but the dragon kicker, I can't remember if there was a wake skater that it, um, some guys would say this is super lame, but I was just like, Whoa, some wake skater. I can't remember who it was like had a board in his hand, hit the dragon rail, came off the end of it. And then like, Acid dropped onto the other board, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Wake, wake nerd. <laughs> now that's pretty zichy. <laughs> Okamame would have a, have a heyday with that. Know, I feel that, I don't know. Um, and then Mike Olson built uh, Casey, and 
I mean, cable just, I was, I, I love rail riding. Like it's just so different. Like when you go out there and I think the biggest thing is that with the boat riding I was doing in the contest, like we would travel in Missouri and Illinois to go to these contests. You know, you're, you're in the car for three, four hours. You go there, you ride like what, twice for two minutes. You're probably falling cause you're nervous as shit. Yeah. Um, I'd go to these cable parks and like everybody's stoked and like people are stoking each other off the dock. People are landing tricks. Like the community that Olson had, as you guys talked about, was just so rad, dude. And, and we'd always come out with a crew and he would just open his arms to us and was so thankful that we would come all the way out there and he would let us ride in his, you know, rail jams. Like Kyle and I would like, I don't why he was letting me ride on a, those sketchy setups. Just cause I bought a win. I was like the first guy to buy a Grinch. He's like, yeah, you can hit this. It's like, okay <laughs> it's got a ride on i'll be all right um but man that like i think that it just i think i immediately knew that we just needed this in st louis you know and um so i i literally have been trying to get a cable park in st louis since i was probably 16 years old and uh, i've i've gone a lot of different routes to do that i've talked to a lot of different communities private investors there's just a lot of red tape and as you've heard through Daniel Jarrett and Mike Wilson and, and some of the other cable owners, it's, it's just not something that, you know, as, as my old handyman would say when he helped me build the spills, he's like, it doesn't pop up like a tent. <laughs> you know, it's shout out Eric. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, there's so much that goes on to it. And I've learned, and, and as you know, I'm a wake park enthusiast. I've gone to so many wake parks just to learn about how they, how they created the business. If they're in a city park, you know, the private investing I, I've, I've done, I've met almost every cable park owner that I've been to. And, um, they're just great. It's a great community. It's, it's something that it changed for me because I wasn't in a contest, even though there were contests we did at these cables, it's just, everybody's cheering each other on. And like, you just don't get that in team sports. You don't get that in INTs even, you know, I had fun at the INTs cause I would announce and that would make it fun for me. Um, but the cable park community was just uncomparable, incomparable. Yeah. So, um, obviously that was a long road of struggle. Um, got really close in some communities and stuff but just never really happened um when i graduated high school I've, i talked about the philippines to my parents forever and i was like i, I gotta go out there <laughs> and so we agreed that i could go out there after i graduated because i just wouldn't leave them alone about it <laughs> and uh so I, I went out there with my girlfriend at the time and the two tower had just been created and pat was out there and and uh, i hadn't ever seen one and I just fell in love with the two tower. I mean, for wake skating, like you get so many hits in wakeboarding too. It's just, it was just changed the game. And I mean, it's, it's so obvious now, but like then we were like, Oh my God, so many bodies of water are now accessible. Like, and to me, I was like, you know, with my girlfriend's time, we're like, we can go home and find a property and, and do this. Like, this is, this is a lot more doable. Um, and so that's what we did. We came home and we started looking for property and uh, I had a realtor that was, kind of a weekender wakeboarder and so he kind of knew like what we were trying to do <clears throat> but he was like what the fuck am i getting into because <laughs> i was working you know downtown at all these sports venues yeah. and so like i didn't want to be i didn't want to drive an hour to work and most of the time if you get that much land you're going to be pretty rural and so it was pretty important to me to be somewhat close to downtown and um you know obviously we needed a decent chunk of property and he found this perfect piece of property 15 minutes from downtown floodplain so you can't really do much with it and the house you know was there and i didn't really care about the house to be honest <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> it not. could have been a shack <laughs> you know 
and so like we i go look at it. i remember it was like snowing and um i went to home depot and bought one of those like wheel measures or whatever and like wheeled this thing across and i'm like yeah this can work you know i listened to olson talk about how he's walking out while they're digging or whatever i was like yeah i, I kind of did something like that I'm like measuring it out and i'm like trying to look where there's some utilities and stuff and i'm like yeah i think this can work and i was like yeah this, this can work and so i literally made an offer on this house with uh, the contingency that it would pass soil tests to hold water. Okay. <laughs> the realtor are the like people on the other end are like, what the why? Fuck? <laughs> like this is unheard of. But like I couldn't. It was it was kind of a weird situation. The guy that owned the house had passed away. His parents were uh, they bought it back from the bank because he went upside down in it. Okay. He had passed away, so they were kind of stuck in this with their retirement. And so like we knew we needed to make an offer fast. And so I did, I, I, I pretty much lowballed them and said, I love the property, hate the house. Wasn't really true. Didn't really care about the house. <laughs> Didn't even know if there was one really. And, uh, they, uh, and then that contingency, they were like, what the fuck? Like, this is weird. And, uh, ended up working out. We made a deal, ridiculous deal, insane deal. Um, and, and I remember, I think that, I think the day that they, they were like, you know, this contingency is weird. Um, we're tired of waiting because I think I had done the test, but I was waiting for results. And they're like, we'll give you this price, but you have to do it now. And I remember, I think I called my dad and I was like, what do I do? Like, what if these soul tests, you know, fail? Like I can do a liner, but like, man, that's expensive. Like, but man, this price. you're thinking about is a cable. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's all thinking about. <laughs> I love it. Tunnel vision. Uh, and uh, I, I was like, man, I can't remember what happened, but we got the call like, within the hour that the soil was going to like hold. And we're like, yeah, we'll go with that price. You know, and, <laughs> dude, I got that. Uh, pr the, the price is ridiculous. So I got it for it. It's like, I mean, I can, you can look it up on Zillow. So I'll just say it. It's, it's uh six acres for 200 grand and a 2000 square well, foot house. And you're talking close to the city relatively, yeah, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, it was a deal. It was a steal. Wow. Yeah. I will never sell it to anybody for that. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't worth, matter what it costs because you're not selling yeah, it. Yeah. True. Never. <laughs> But I mean, the valley's gone up since then, but it's, uh, the, that was, and that was just a start. Like I could sit here and talk about the problems we had since then, which we can go into, but man, it was a struggle. Like I am so suburbia, like there is a neighborhood across the street and like, it looks like we're their retention pond. So like the permitting process that I had to go through, which I know everybody had their struggles, but man, I feel like I had the worst. <laughs> Run us through it. I mean, I'm curious because I was going to ask. Uh, I mean, like sit, honestly, sitting here and listening to Reed talk about how he spent like, to me, next to nothing to build his cable park. I was like, what the fuck? Like, fuck. Almost fuck you, Reed. Like, <laughs> no, nah, Reed's great. Like, Reed helped me out building mine, but man, I spent a lot more money than Reed did. <laughs> um, so the first struggle was uh, getting permits. You know, I'm in uh, suburbia, so you got to get, I mean, I've dealt with 40 different entities. I think I got permits from like the railroad, I'm, I'm pinched between a railroad and a road. So there's the easements of those guys. I'm in a floodplain. So the army Corps of engineers is involved. There's the sewer district. There's, I mean, it's just endless. And so there was also a public hearing from the army Corps to let people know what I was doing, which was also kind of scary because you know, people hate on anything that's new and different. And they don't know anything about know what you're anything. trying to do. Yeah. yeah. And so it was a struggle. And I mean, I bought that house like near July 4th in 2014. I thought the cable would be up in the end of August. Three years later, 
2017, the cable finally went up. I mean, I remember Reed talking about in one of his videos. He's like, yeah, I thought I could take an extension cord, put a splitter on the end, plug the cable in, plug the pump in, and we're good to go. I mean, I didn't have that kind of mindset, but I thought it could be pretty quick. And man, it took, I'm still dealing, I still don't, I still haven't finished all the permitting process. Really? Yeah. So what, is, what, are, what have been some major hurdles you could say? I mean, the biggest hurdle for me is the mechanical uh, mechanical engineer permit. So if anybody's out there that can help me with this, please shout. Um, they want me to get a Missouri licensed mechanical engineer to, to sign and seal the drawings from my cable is a Rickson cable from Rickson. And it's basically impossible to get this because, well, there's no, nobody wants to, no engineer wants to sign off on somebody else's work because they have to take the, the liability for yeah. it. And so that's, first of all, impossible. I've talked to engineers at Anheuser-Busch at Boeing, like big name guys, and nobody's like, yeah, you'll never get this. Like, this will never happen. Somebody has to reverse engineer it and then take the liability for it. And now there's, now like in Florida, they have a little bit more amusement stuff, so there's some more, there's a little bit more lucrative pathway there, but he has to be Missouri licensed. So there are mechanical engineers that can get their licensing in Missouri, but I've emailed so many freaking people. I got a job at our local hill to try to meet their mechanical engineer on our snow hill. Yeah, yeah. That didn't work out. I mean, I have gone every way I can. And recently, I actually ended up starting to go to court for it, like, last year. And I thought everything was, like, done with. And I recently just tried to get, like, an, a, a detached garage approved. And they're like, yeah, you still have all this other shit out, outlaying. I'm like, what? <laughs> this was done with. <laughs> this was done I've been shredding for a few years, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, dude, I had so many stop work orders. And we're like, does this mean we can't wakeboard? Like, we're not working. We're just riding. Is that Does that count? Like, of course, we shouldn't have been riding, but... I got this cable here. I'm not going to not ride. If like, it's ready to get fired up, you're not not firing that sucker. We're like, we're ready to like make shirts and go into city hall and be like, wakeboarding's on a cry. <laughs> you know, like, but yeah, it's, it's a struggle, man. Like props to every cable park owner out there. Like, and you know, you have to stay positive and passionate and keep firing forward. Cause like, I mean, to a certain point I was past a point of return, you know, it's like, I'm so invested in this. Like I cannot stop. Like yeah. I, I have to keep going and, um, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's a struggle, man. But you're more or less good to go now. I mean, no, I mean, no. I mean, no. <laughs> so now after I op reopened the book, I guess, like they want me to, they kind of want me to go commercial, I guess it's called a conditional use permit where I could sell lessons and stuff. Um, but technically I am private right now. Um, I don't think that that's the best route for me is to go commercial because it's, it opens me up more to more public hearings and now that i've been operating for a few years like people kind of know what's going on which i'm not really fearful of that my neighbors are great but it just makes me super vulnerable to try to go through that whole process again because there's somebody out there whether it's a you know a guy on the planning committee or a you know local government body of some kind that just somebody can say no and stop me so yeah you don't want that I don't want that at all, man. So was your goal ever to be a, a, like a, a business or was it just to be, okay, I'm going to have a cable in my backyard. That's what I want to just to ride. I think my goal was always just to ride every day. Okay. Um, obviously wanted a, a full size cable in St. Louis. Um, and it, cables aren't money trees. Like if that's news to you, then, uh, then you need to wake up. Hey, but if anyone's thinking about building the cable, I can help. We'll talk to Mike Olson. It'll be a money tree. Yeah, we'll get it figured out. Right. No problem. We got ideas. We got ideas. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's a tough, somebody asked me the other day, like, would I do it all again? It's like, yeah, but I think like you asked me if I would go commercial, like, I think that at that point I was so far in it that whatever they said that I needed to do, I was going to do it. Yeah. 
Because they came to me and they said, hey, if you want to do this, you have to give us a roadway dedication. So I, I dedicated like, I don't know what it is, like 50 feet from the road onto my property back to the county just so I could get permitted. What does that mean, roadway dedication? I just gave them property. Oh. Part of my property. So that if I wanted this to happen, I had to give them property so that if they wanted to expand the road ever, they had this property now. Which they do that a lot in a lot of deals. But it was, to me, I, they could have taken my whole property, you know? Like, I just wanted this cable to go <laughs> yeah. up. But... Uh, <sighs> Yeah, so I th- at one point they said you have to get a deed restriction saying that you will not trade lessons for money. So like it's on the books right now that I will not trade lessons for money. Interesting. So yeah. Okay. So so moral of the story is more or less you were not planning to make this like a business that would make revenue. It was more just. I mean, it would. It'd be nice because I like I have erosion problems. It'd be nice to have some revenue to help take care of the, you know, the re-excavating to help the erosion yeah. and putting a new erosion mat down. Um, I, I think I could, you know, I could be successful enough to like, it, you know, I have a lot of being in my backyard. There's a lot of costs that don't exist like the Dan has or somebody else with the two tower. Um, and so I think I, in a, if I had the dream, yeah, it would be selling lessons. And, okay. Cause like I kind of get, I get people all the time to hit me up on Instagram and, now I had to make my Instagram private because the county was like, we Googled you and you're hosting two events a year and you need a conditional permit. And I'm like, get off my back. All this tape for just a cable in your freaking backyard. Just to have dude. some fun. Unreal. And one of those events is a charity event too. So it's like, come on. Come what, on they, guys. what was the charity for? Uh, I have two cousins that have cerebral palsy. And so uh, they've been in wheelchairs. They're, what are they, they're 21 or 22 now. And so... Uh, we do the Halloween spook fest event for them. We've done it a couple of years. And then once I started doing the wastegate tour stuff, it's kind of hard to throw an event at the end of the year. Cause I was so cooked. Yeah. But, uh, we've been able to like build them, uh, ramps. They have a river home. They're, they're water people as well. We built them a ramp up to their river home so they can get their wheelchairs oh, up sick. to their house. And you know, their lives are, are definitely challenging for them and their parents. I mean, they're 20, 21 years old. They're, they're heavy guys, you know, just lifting them and transitioning them from their chairs to their beds and, and baths and showers and stuff. So, um, that family has been a huge part of my like wake, you know, as I was a kid that Todd and Shelly were always around. So, um, to get back to that family is, is super important to me. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I mean, that's, I, I'm just thinking about the red tape involved with just a private cable and it's just like, it blows my mind that it takes all this effort and all this time and all this to just County create sucks. A, a cable in your backyard that, yeah, I mean, I guess if I was to do it again, like I was saying earlier, that I would go into like a more rural area where it's not as stringent. But you think because you're so close to this, or not think oh, you know because sure. you're so close to the city that yeah, these issues yeah. arise. But that's also what makes it pretty damn cool, right? It's pretty different, so. man. I mean, like when I was building, I was like, man, this could be the future. Like people got two towers in their backyard. Like, dude, it could be the future if yeah. all the municipalities and all that shit are on board. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Then absolutely. But I mean, like I've like you know Dan with the city thing, I've tried to do that in St. Louis. And I just recently hit up a local community and was like, come check ours out, you know, see what I've got going on back here. This will give people in your community something to do. That's not drugs. <laughs> yeah. Or scrolling through TikTok. Like, yeah, man, there's so many bad habits out there now. Like wakeboarding has changed our lives for the better so well. And we could be changing so many more lives if people would just let new things happen. hundred <laughs> percent, dude. I mean, it's like a skate park, kind of similar vibes, but even I like it a lot. So yeah. Um, safer than a skate park that's and revenue and revenue building skate parks aren't making anybody anything that's true that is true skate parks are sick though so keep building those <laughs> uh so why'd you go with rickson was it was it that relationship with mike olson did that have yeah, a big 100 100 um he also told me that all my spare parts would be in kc 
Not the case. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Mike's the man, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no way I could go with anybody else. Mike has treated me so well throughout the years, and, um, you know, he, he came over and and put the anchors in himself. I mean, you've worked, you built a cable with Mike. Like, that guy puts his hands on the product, and, and of course, Josh Potter. Shout out to Josh. Yeah. That dude is... He's the man. He's the both of those guys together are unbelievable. But Josh is actually um, was a huge savior of mine when I was having some issues with some of the problems at the spills, and we had the spillway fail its first first fill. Oh God, yeah, the the struggles never ended, man. And uh, and Josh kind of like again, I was just kind of like gotta get this cable up, whatever. And Josh kind of was like, yeah, you should talk to these people about their design that failed. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, they designed it and it failed. It was a bad design. And I was like, oh. And then we like sat down and went over the drawings and I was like, yeah, you're right. And he really opened my eyes up because I was just so gung ho about just getting this thing done. And he like really like took me a step back and was like, yeah, you, you need to approach these people. Like you paid money and they signed a contract and their contract, they didn't live up to their side of the contract. And so he helped me out a lot. Love nice. that dude. Yeah. He's, he's the king. A lot uh, no, probably hardly anybody knows who he is. I mean, a lot of people do know who he is, but if the, you know, you the know, general viewer, <laughs> Listener doesn't know who he is, but kids, guys, a king, love it. Love uh, his. Uh, what we usually like call on Facebook because I guess he's always in another country. I guess he's back in the country now. But he, when we were always building cable, I think he was in Mexico with his wife. He's in Mexico for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, we always like with Facebook call. I'll call him on the tower. And be like, hey man, <laughs> help me out with this. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's uh, let's do a quick power ranking. So power oh, rank boy. these five water sports: wake surfing, wake skating, slalom skiing. Foil scootering. What? And kayaking. Foil? You know what you know what foil scootering is. I don't know what foil scootering is. The attachment is. they have on the, the e foils now? The scooter attachment? Uh, I think I have it's not the one where you're like No, no, it's not the pumping one. The pumping, okay. It's the motorized one. All right. Um wake skating is number one. The hardest sport in the world, number one. <laughs> Whatever the razor foiling is the bottom. Five. Okay. <laughs> razor foiling. <laughs> You keep pulling out Razor. Yeah, I think you were a Razor kid growing up. No, I, I was not. Uh, okay, so what else we got? Wake surfing, Wait. slalom skiing, and kayaking. Kayaking will go four. Oh, not a big fan. Not a big fan. Um, I just think slalom skiing is, you know, you, I don't know if you like, I feel like we should talk about three event real quick. Like you say that's the word three event a bunch and I don't know if everybody knows what that is, but trick skiing, slalom skiing, and jump. That's jumping. true. You know what? That's a good point you're probably right people <laughs> probably don't know what that is especially wakeboarders and yeah. especially anyone who's not from america so yeah. so uh three event is is a big part of our world and a lot of people don't know that like you didn't know that aaron rathy huge three eventer that my best friend in high school was on the canadian ski team with aaron rathy yeah wow yeah aaron rathy rode behind our boat on a trick ski and did some of the craziest shit I have ever seen. Well, that's what Ollie said. Ollie said he was supposed to be, he was supposed to save, save water. water I loved that. Yeah. I mean, dude, he, he was the guy like Melnick was, they were, they trained together all the time and he looked up to Aaron so much. And Aaron with his long, like he was just the good looking dude, long blonde hair. And he would like rip these. I would go to their events cause, cause Brian lived in St. Louis and would train in Illinois. And so Aaron would come and train with them every once in a while. And dude, he would like do contests and rip into his, into the shore on a slalom ski and front flip out of his slalom ski and just like walk onto shore like soup cash like yeah no big deal like the dude was ripping and then he came out on our boat strapped on a wakeboard i won't say that i taught him these inverts but he learned like seven inverts 
like first tee, first try. And I was like, I, I told him then, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you know, there's way more marketing in wakeboarding. And I'm not saying I changed his mind, but. <laughs> you could, you didn't hurt, for I sure. I didn't hurt, but I was like, man, this guy is so talented. Like, it, it was incredible. And even the stuff he was doing on his trick ski, like, he was boosting higher behind our boat than I'd ever seen anybody go on a wakeboard on yeah. a trick ski. Wow. It was insane. But anyway, three eventing, yeah. Brian Grubb, Reed, uh, the Hansons, I think they all did it. Oh, yeah. I mean. The old history, history is very much so in, involved in yeah. three event. And, 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 and with that, there's a lot of fundamentals you learn in three event. Trick skiing, handle control is huge. Trick skiing is pretty fucking hard, dude. So hard. I, I, we did a uh, slippery slalom for my brother-in-law's oh, bachelor party. You nice. know what that is? Yeah, no so, fin or whatever. For Yeah, so for the listeners, a slippery slalom is like you have a slalom course for water skiing, but you do it on a trick ski. With, okay. Trick skis are hard to stand on for me. I, I wasn't very good at it. I learned to drop a ski on trick skis. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we a pair of trick skis. I didn't even know that existed until then, but yeah. Yeah, they do come in. I was like falling and just like kicked it off and I was like, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's, trick skiing is, you know, kind of sneaky, difficult to stand upon. I, I really don't understand it. Yeah. And they nowadays. Do, they don't do 360s. They do Wacos. They don't call them 360s. So like you spin around, you hop over the rope. It's, some, it's kind of some weird stuff, but the, hey, those people kill it. And I just don't see why you wouldn't just wakeboard. You gotta stick to your core, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna be honest I don't understand well, so when I was in college they did three event like three event was bigger than wakeboarding there wasn't really wake teams yet they were still kind of developing well even still now like the wake team in my college was they didn't yeah. have wakeboard it was just you guys did event. like a cable tour with Corey right with yeah but that was that was separate from like the, the, the team at my school yeah or whatever but continue so they would let you do wakeboard with half points. And I was like, well, I can't do shit on a wakeboard. I'll just throw that trick ski on. So I went out there and just did a bunch of surface threes. And I got like 16th out of 109. It was my fifth time on a trick ski dude at regionals. I was like, fuck yeah. Purple trick ski, walking back to the dock. And you didn't have to wear a life jacket either. It's like so weird. Really? Yeah. And That's I, your wake skater coming out. No, it was like the collegiate thing. I know. Like when you trick ski, it was like, yeah, I was in good shape. Walking back with my purple trick ski, it was sick. <laughs> Uh, okay, so where are we, we putting slalom okay, yeah. skiing so too then? No, no. Slalom skiing, we'll go three and then wake surfing, wake too. surfing too. I Yeah, I do wake surf a lot. I, I really enjoy wake surfing. What's your best wake surf trick? Uh, shove it. Oh, I've been trying it. to do uh, 360 spins over the rooster tail, like train, changing wake. I feel like I don't see a lot of people do that Dude, on the wake surf. I'm telling you, transition tricks. Uh, if wake surfing is it, transition <laughs> tricks are the next level. Cause like, dude, it's so fun to like go up and like drop back in. Yeah. And like it's really fun. I've I've gotten like one, I think, with the handle, but like I've definitely transferred, but doing a spin over is like super yeah, fun. Definitely. And there's a guy's out doing like three shoves over the transfer now and stuff. Pretty cool. I'm sure no fleet could do all that stuff in his yeah. sleep. No problem. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about so we we got the spills. That's up and running, still kind of got some stuff you gotta work out with it, but uh, in, ter- in terms of your job, I I want to know how many different production rigs you have. Rigs? Rigs. Well, I mean, like, my career wasn't really, like, owning gear. I was just, like, an operator, like a technician. Yeah. So, like, the better question is, like, how many W9s did I have? <laughs> okay. How many W9s did you have? At the most, I think, like, eight. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, being a freelancer, like you just work for so many different people. Like it's, you know, like you'll do like 10 gigs for this guy and, you know, I'll do 10 hockey games. I'll do 81 Cardinal games. I'll do, you know, several of these different entities. You just at the end of the year, you're like, here you go, accountant. Good luck. Okay. So at any point you're not like officially employed by one 
company and you're just working for them for the most part and then doing stuff on the side, it's all a combination of stuff on the side or not stuff on the side, I want to say, but like, yeah, freelancing. Um, I had, so I've had really two full-time jobs. Uh, one was the America center where I was the AV manager. And then my other one is my current job, which is, uh, I'm a broadcast career. So I crew people into uh, broadcast positions. So last night in St. Louis, we had a hockey game against the golden Knights. I crewed the golden Knights crew, the away feed. So all the camera guys, all the the, te- the technical director, the all the local guys. Um, it's all union, so there's a lot of union rules. So a client will come to us, say, we want to do a show in your town, and I'll help them find local talent. Um, just That's what it is with the local unions there. Um, that company I work for also does a lot of staging. Um, so we do tons of concert stages. Uh, we also have mobile LED screens, so we do a lot of like outdoor concerts and stuff. Uh, we also handle a lot of crewing. Um, I also, with that gig, I'm also handling our new soccer team. We have a new MLS team in St. Louis. We kick ass. We did really well for our first season. Really? Yeah. yeah we made the playoffs. Well, you're going up against Messi now, though, right? Well, yeah. Everybody is. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> KC's our rival now. So, but yeah, so I direct there. And uh, Bama Wren, who's living with me, he works there, too. He's our technical director, which has been super fun to, to you know, have him come up in the industry with me. And he learned all that from the PWL stuff, so... He's been really enjoying working in, in the production world. But, yeah, two two really full-time jobs is kind of – everything else is just freelance. And my full-time job now, they still allow me to do pretty much whatever I want as long as I get my job done. So is this – can you do a lot of this remote? Like, how is this – Yeah, I'm, I, I did that game last night from Valdosta. Like, the crew – so the, what's, what's cool about the broadcast side is it's all union. These guys want to show up to their gigs. You know, they get paid well, so they want to show up. And on the non-union side, the stagehands and stuff, they're kind of a little bit more bottom of the barrel there making like 19 bucks an hour. You're going to have guys that don't show up every once in a while, no call, no show. So mine's a little bit easier because these guys are well-respected and, and I'm friends with all these guys because we work together. Throughout it's their career. career. They yeah. take it seriously. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and so they, yeah, they allow me to, to continue to do uh, gigs outside of Clancy is the name of the company. And so I do some Twitch gigs with some big Twitch streamers, which we can get into as well. Yeah, run through that right now because I'm interested. I was going to ask about that. <laughs> yeah, so... I work with a guy, uh, and these are all people I've met through my relationships in, in the industry, but we did a robotics gig in St. Louis, which is First Robotics. If you have kids and your kids aren't in First Robotics, you should put them in there. It's a great program, but met a guy through there. Um, he's big into this Twitch streaming world, and uh, he has a bunch of clients that they're streamers that don't know how to do big productions. And so they have these massive ideas, and they just don't know how to make them come to life. And so they would go to him. And then he brought me on board because we work well together and we would create some kind of crazy event. For instance, uh, chess boxing. <laughs> Don't know what that is. What do you think it is? Chess boxing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I think it's people on a chess board and you make a move and the people who land next to each other have to box each other. That's, that's what I thought. Like life size kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So no, this guy, his name's Ludwig, huge streamer, YouTuber. He uh, rented out an arena in L.A., um, we, we did all this production. We rented out the arena and found all the production company and did all this. Um, but basically, it was like nine or ten cards. And these two competitors would play two minutes of chess. We made this huge rig that would drop the chess table from the scoreboard, the center hung scoreboard. Big chess table came down. Super cool. They'd play chess for two minutes, and the table would go up, and they'd put gloves on, box for two minutes. Match wasn't over until there was a knockout or a checkmate. 
Wow. Yeah, dude. It That's was, pretty sick. It was rad. <laughs> so <laughs> rad. I was like, what? And yeah. And then they did some of the cards were smash boxing. So they'd play Smash Bros and then do two minutes of boxing. That's more up my alley. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, I'm, not, chess, I'm not so. a gamer. So yeah. And the technology getting that, because that's a, what's super, was that Super Nintendo game? No. It was probably on a bunch of stuff, but N64 was on too. I mean, it was, whatever it was on, it was on like the tube TVs. And so to get that, that game back up out onto the Jumbotron or a live stream is yeah. a whole nother like, because if you a take a- cords and wires, I bet yeah. you got to plug in. Well, actually, so like, I'll try to tell you really quickly, but basically because of the delay, we have to, we take a, a feed from the machine, from the console, and it basically creates another version of the game from what they're inputting on their controllers onto another computer. And we just watch another version of their game from the data that we're getting from their machine. Wow. Because if they watched that screen, the delay would fuck them up enough where they couldn't compete. So you mean the delay from the buttons they're pressing to what's showing up on the screen? On the on like a big screen. Yeah, yeah. But they watch on like a on those old tube TVs because it's like, you know, component cables or whatever, and so the delay is not there. It's analog. Yeah. yeah. It's analog, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I had no idea going into that. Um, another one we did, which was super cool, um, we did Amaranth, who's a huge Twitch streamer. You know who she is. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know any Twitch streamers, but she, I'm glad I just didn't get got right yeah. there. <laughs> she's uh, she's number one on OnlyFans. Well, that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, she makes a million dollars a month. It's pretty insane. Wow. But we uh, we rented out Nona Wake Park, and she did like this. I'd call it like a survive. It was called Streamer Royale. It was like Survivor in a day. Yeah, I remember basically. seeing that one. Yeah. I think super cool. The guys at Nona, huge help. Those guys were rock stars. Um, Battleship. We did that at Valdosta. That was sick. We built these huge grids, 100 by 100 in the island, in the H, you know. And um, each grid had a bomb in it, pyro. And so we had, on the island, we had two streamers that would play Battleship. And they'd say, like, G4. And then they'd wait. And if it was a hit, big old pyro explosion. And you're streaming this all. Yeah, we streamed the whole thing, yeah. Wow. It was cool, super cool. Guys of Aldasa were so stoked because it was a nice revenue because it was, you know, you know, out of season or whatever. And yeah. Was, we had 200 pyro explosions. What else do you use like, that land for? I mean, anyways, I mean, put some shit on and blow it up. <laughs> I should have called him. But we like, you know, I'm calling the local like police and stuff and be like, you know, like we want to do these 200, you know, pyro explosions and like they're right next to the highway. I'm thinking they're going to be like, yeah, you guys are freaking crazy. They're like, hell, hell yeah. We'll be there. What time's it go? <laughs> like, All right. So. So yeah, so I've done some of those big Twitch streams. Um, I kind of haven't done one super recent on that. Um, and then I do, you know, uh, some of the stuff I've done in the wake industry. Uh, I've got some other clients uh, that do some stuff for a local uh, college. I do their intro video every year. Um, I do some like uh, convention type stuff like breakout rooms for L'Oreal. Um, we've done that every year. Just some kind of off and on odds that I have some clients that I've had some relationships with for a while. You got a big network, it sounds like. I mean, that's what that's the best part. When you hire Get Funky Media, you're not hiring just me. You get all my relationships. <laughs> Getting funky. Where, where did the name for Get Funky come with? Come so, from? Uh, Get Funky started as a photo booth company. And uh, kind of the concept was that, like, I looked at the market and everybody was doing photo booths. And they were, like, watermarking all these pictures. And, like, hey, if you want these photos printed, give us extra money. And I was, like, I don't want these pictures of these drunk people at this wedding. <laughs> So I was just like, I was like, hey, I think it was like a thousand bucks. We gave you unlimited prints, unlimited photos. And then, of course, every time we'd do something, they'd be like, oh, I, I know you work in video production. 
can you do a video thing for us? Not wedding, just like corporate stuff. Cause I would not do wedding videos. I refuse that. Heard a lot about <laughs> wedding videos and photos. You yeah, don't want to do. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> I didn't work in news. And I didn't do weddings. So that's my, my uh, claim, I guess. But I just got asked for a lot of video production stuff. And so the photo booth thing just kind of fell to the wayside. We just kind of rebranded and started doing media. I feel like media just kind of encompasses everything, but technically the business is still get funky photo booth, but we call it get funky media. DBA. How funky would you say you are? How funky? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the name... Uh, I mean, do you bring the funk when you go to a party? Are you bringing the funk? No. I'm the guy in the corner. You saw me at Wes's. Uh, yeah, I'm the guy in the corner for sure. Um, no, nah, I mean, like, I don't know. The funky thing, I think, is I just like that kind of music. Like, it's, you know, that funky vibe. It's just a, something that's never going to die. A name it's that, a good word. Yeah. I like it. It brings some... I mean, when you're doing like a photo booth, like you want that kind of jazzy, like some energy. Yeah, it flows got... off the tongue, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's like get funky media, and I'm like doing sporting events. It's like what? <laughs> but who cares? It doesn't matter. Just a name. True. Uh, okay, so you you did some work with the baseball team. Um, I'm curious who yeah. had a better first pitch, Coco Mendez <gasps> or Fifty Cent? Oh, uh, Fifty Cent was in the dirt yeah it was terrible it was terrible <laughs> uh well there's a reason why i didn't throw one because i've seen the worst of the worst you probably wouldn't know which arm to throw with because uh, you're a like goofy regular going up to play up there that was good that's quick um yeah the the, the the that was super cool yeah so we got the the guys got to throw out a first pitch for winning the st louis contest and i think max zuzana who barely made she made it by minutes like she like she took a different ride or whatever, and like, dude, she, I don't know, she barely got to throw it. And she, you know, for with Red Bull, I was like, oh my, that's the one we want to throw. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so they all got to throw. They all threw great, actually. Uh, so I'm, we had Waboba was our sponsor at the time, and I wanted them to all throw Wobobas because I figured those guys would just, you know, love it. Yeah. And uh, they did. And uh, Coco was like, hell no, I'm not throwing a Waboba, I'm throwing a baseball. And so I was like, all right, man, whatever. And so uh, he threw his, and then we got back in the under the stadium or whatever. And I was like, yeah, let me see that baseball. What's this dirt mark here? <laughs> he threw in the dirt. Had some skid marks along the way. Threw in the dirt. That's all right. They're wake skaters. Pretty cool, though. Pretty cool moment for them. I was going to say, that's too. pretty like, sweet, right? Yeah, man. Like getting up on, like on the video board and saying, like, welcome professional wake skate league. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, we, I won, we worked the World Series and won the World Series there, but like that moment was pretty cool for me. Yeah. Another cool moment too was this past season um, when Josh and Trav came to throw their first pitch. It rained out, and um, they got to go to the soccer game instead um, the next night. And um, Bammer and I put them on the big screen, and I swear to you that somebody walked over to them from another section and recognized them as wake skaters. Oh shit! I swear to God. Like, and I, I I told them I was like, I didn't set this up. I don't know who. Like, I don't even know who talked to them. But they were recognized as wake skaters on the jumbotron at a soccer game in St. Louis. I mean, I guess you got a lot of people, but that's pretty. That's pretty wild. That's pretty cool, man. Like, that is sick. I think that's the coolest moment that, like, that uh, I wouldn't say that I provided it, but like to be in St. Louis be and to of. get recognized, like, man, that's that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Absolutely. And those guys were so stoked. Josh is like, I got recognized as a wake skater. <laughs> like, they were both were so stoked. It was sick. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not like it was back in the day, you know, with like Wake Brothers and all that shit. So it's cool to have those real moments with real people. Yeah. And they didn't say wakeboarding, so that's cool. <laughs> they, yeah, that's a huge. Yeah, yeah. it's huge. Because wake skating is way cooler than wakeboarding. Yeah, that's right. right. I, <laughs> I brought you some gifts. Should we go over those? Yeah, let's go over a gift. Yeah. That's not a good I brought you some posters from my bedroom as a young boy. Young pup. I, I love it. I'm curious if you know who this is, actually. This is me a terrible moment for me in the whole show. <laughs> yeah. The yeah wakeboard up. history. Okay. Do you know, 
Have you heard of blindside wakeboards? Yeah. Oh, really? Well, that's a good that's a good start. How about uh, Jeff McKee? Of course. Billy McKee? Nope. But I'm assuming he's related to <laughs> our boy Jeff. Too. Eric Ruck rode for blindside. And then the, the one that I think you didn't know was Charlie Patterson. Nope. No idea who that is. Yeah, so Charlie did a, uh, a tour like on his uh, Taiga, whatever, Taiga tour. Yeah. I got my, I hit my head on my board. So he wrote me this letter. It said like toughest one of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. I was like, fuck, I was 12 maybe. I don't know. Gotta love Ruck just busting out the tindy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty stacked team though, dude. Yeah. I don't I want mean, that back by the way. <laughs> well, I want, I want it. Cause we got more. Side. We got more. These these ones you're gonna enjoy more though. That's I wish like Kent busting out a method. I wish I could uh, do these in order. So I was a hyperlight guy, right? So these are all hyperlight posters. Okay. So you got to look at the transition of time with these guys. I don't know if we can. Do you want to try to show it off or take a yeah, picture? Yeah, we, we can show it off. So who you got down there? Well, we got Murdoch. Yeah, Not Chad right. Chad Sharp next to him. Byerly. Wow, this is a sick one, dude. Byerly sitting down there. Look at Parks, dude. You can see Byerly's already like, yeah, fuck the wakeboard, dude. I'm going. I, got I the think Ruck was like on the go. team, but not on the poster this year. Well, and it then, says he signed it for you. Yeah, he signed it. He was at, at the. Chad Sharp got Indy talking tour. talking sponsor deals. He's, yeah. he's making money, <laughs> making money and moves. Levine, I think, over here. Yeah, pretty cool. Is that Ru- Is that Rusty? Who is that? I think James Levine or Dean. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Ricky. Ricky Gonzalez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is an autograph of somebody that wasn't on the team yet. Or it's like Ruck's, Ruck's thing. They were there, but not there. Wow, I'd love to know Grubbs. Jimmy DC Levine. Shoes Jimmy deal. Levine. Isn't that right? That's not right. Yeah. All right, we got more. All right. Like I said, I wish I went in the right order because these are all pretty much the same guys, but this was a cool one that was just like a cartoon character, character or whatever of each guy. Pretty cool. Oh wow, that is pretty sick. Who's the uh, sick who's the writer? Oh, oh, that oh that like, kind of looks like stinky. Oh, up there looks a little stinky. Parks looks like Parks maybe. Yeah, it kind of looks like Parks' face, doesn't it? Cool one. Let's see. I think this is the probably the newest of. This the looks current. most recent. Yeah. Yeah. This one has like hidden font in it or something i don't know if yeah, they signed it with like invisible marker but i think it's on the poster because it's like there's no way they were writing that much shit to me you know i don't know because this one talks about like product or something like over the years this one says premiere in my mind is the perfect setup for my style of writing the most flawless and rawest writability <laughs> yeah this one down here is like, i really think that makes a ton of sense they don't really make any sense. How I sum up how I feel. I don't know. I wow, remember. these are sick. Look at that hair. <laughs> Rock. Who's that over there? This is Harf. This is Byerly. Oh, yeah. JD Webb over here. Stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> Stunt double. They photoshopped that one in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was late ad. <laughs> All right. We got to get the Hyperlight guys to year, put some years on these. I guess I just some of these I got from the Pro Tour stop, and I think uh, Jeremy Baker just gave me these other ones or whatever because these aren't autographed. But I wasn't really big on autographs either. It's kind of a weird thing to do. Yeah. Oh, this is the counterfeit. This. Yeah. Look at Rathy. There you go. That's no water ski. No water ski. 
Oh, BT's on there. Yeah, yeah. George Daniels. That's a, those are your guys right there. That's my team, my boys. <laughs> Dude, I rode so <laughs> many Byleys. God, I rode the blend, the the bi level. What do you think about the bi level? So, hmm. wake skate that is for those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the there's so many different versions. You know, like the first one was the cassette one that Danny Hampson rode. Like that one was probably the best honestly but i rode the barley one which was very similar to the ronix one or ronix whatever um there was also the cwb one that steve roar i didn't know they made one it was it was hard to tell it was a bylaw because he had like foam inserts between the two decks hmm. very weird very strange but that dude can rip Stu Shen, you ever seen him ride i haven't seen him ride in person <laughs> no but and yeah that dude rips behind the boat yeah um, I was a big fan. I thought that, like, I'm not a great wake skater, so, like, it's like asking some random dude. But I thought the landings were softer on the boat, you know, but three-shoving that thing, I think it was, like, 18 pounds, man. <laughs> How much, <laughs> what's your ideal, because I want to get into your setup, so this is a good time. What's uh, what's your ideal weight for a wake skate? Are you big into the weight game? <laughs> I'm big into whatever somebody is willing to give me. <laughs> uh, well, I am the distributor for Water Monsters, so... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to definitely go that route. Uh, weight to me makes a difference for sure. I remember actually like Byerly, riding Byerly. There was a year they came out with, they added weights to the boards cause they were all compression molded boards. So like, I can't remember whose deck did what, but one deck had a weight on the tip and the tail on the nose, like the nose and another one had it down the middle for kickflips. Man, we're talking a whole different swing weight game. Yeah, You're swing, adding yeah, swing weight. Swing weight, yeah. The, the <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd say, you know, I rode compression molded forever and uh byerly eventually came out with this wood deck i can't i think it was uh george daniel's board maybe it was like a bear on it or a grizzly bear or something and that was a little bit lighter really and uh i liked that a lot and then i don't know these i feel like the like the the boards that we're in now that are pretty much kind of all very similar shapes but obviously different i think that's what the, the best riders are riding and so i think it's the best but you know, I used to ride like a uh, wide stance nose and tail behind the boat and like you know now I'm like everybody else and like front foot back a little bit so um I don't know the I think what's going on now these are these boards are awesome man like I switched from Byerly to a leaf and then I went from leaf to this and the leaf boards and this board is ride so much better in my yeah, so what, what's because the riding has changed like I'm not riding behind the boat anymore yeah, so like true riding a water monster I, I had a water monster back in the day riding behind the boat and I kept sliding out trying to cut in on my toes and it just didn't feel right um but yeah these these are great so what do you got what's your uh what's your dad bust it out yeah bust got, it out I got the coal board here coal crace it's a little dinged up well as it should be right yeah as it should be some G- some Zeech zings. <laughs> Dude, I was gonna post a uh, either a picture or reel the other day of just like I got I had a fresh deck and I was just gonna go out and just do Zeeches and have the bottom of my board be like perfect forty five so like up and down. Should have. Yeah, uh, this is a sick deck. That uh, what size what size we got here? Uh, yeah, so Coles is a forty. Um, there's a thirty nine seven five which is Belcito's board, and uh, or sorry thirty seven thirty nine seven five is Marcus's board. Belcito's is a 39 <coughs> and there's also a max board which I think is a 40 and a half and we are all sold out but one uh, max board wow yeah we do have a lot of lock-in fins though so 
you guys are looking to lock in, hit me up. You call those lock-in fins not nubs? Nubs, whatever. Okay. I didn't. I'm not a wave skater, so I don't well, know the official yeah, terms. You some know people are more picky than others, but. <laughs> not me. So so you are, I didn't know that you were the, I guess, distributor for what, the North America, United States? What's like, what's that look like for? I guess the U.S., yeah. Okay. So like just what? helping Drew out, really. Uh, I just started last year. He just hit me up and was like, hey, you got wake skaters coming to you. Um, he, he travels a lot and builds parks and stuff, so. Yeah. Just kind of made sense. Uh, he had a guy doing it in KC, so he just got too busy. And between three of us living up the spills, we can handle it. So, okay, makes sense to sling him out of the shop too. You know, we got him down in the thing, and people are always wanting to wake skate. So, that's true. We sold a lot locally. They're a little cheaper when you come come to the spills. Really, a little discount. A little discount Swing through uh, yeah. spills. Okay. And yeah, when are you coming through, Hunter? <laughs> I didn't know I was invited. Yeah. Well. Friends are allowed to come. I got my friends over. But. I'd like to book a private lesson, actually, with you, Bobby. You can't. I can't do that. I'd love to. Can't do that on camera. We could, talk, we could talk off off camera about paying me money, but not on camera. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, you were just talking about travel. Uh, Drew's Drew's moving around a lot, but you you've been to a lot of parks. How many wake parks have you been to? Oh dang! I knew you were going to ask me this, and I actually started. I had a list in my phone, and I updated it because I knew you were going to ask me, and I, no, I forgot. Got a um, rough, rough estimate, probably. Yeah, I think it's like thirty, it's like thirty-five full size, something like that, and um, not that many more. Two, two, two hours, like four or five, two towers, uh, trays, mine, Aldasta, Aldasta. Well, I meant it didn't have a full size. Oh, Blackwater, you been there? Uh, yeah, Blackwater a few times. Okay, <laughs> that's trays. Um, oh, that is trays. Yeah. Uh, my mind slipped there. A couple other ones, um, but yeah, about thirty-five. Okay, not all of them in the U.S. though. Yeah, what's your, what's your favorite? What's my favorite? Yeah. Overall or in the U.S.? Um, both. You know, Mike Olson answered this very politically correct. Of course he did. <laughs> he has to. I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a couple that I haven't been to that I think are going to be up there, which is like Wake Island, Velocity, probably two. I think Wake Island's definitely going to be up there. Keaton rides there all the time. He's good friends with Bammer. So um, it's very wake skate friendly there, and the owner's a wake skater, so that's always Looks like such a fun park, too. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, favorite full size in the U.S. has got to be Valdosta for me. Um, it's changed my life over the last few years, as you know. And um, there's no other place. <clears throat> well, West Rock is up there too, and Casey's up there too because those are close to close to my heart. But I made a post the other day that I was heading down south, and every single person from that place hit me up and was like, "When you coming? When you get here?" You know, and that to me is just fucking rat man the guys the the community those guys have there is just you can't compare it to anything um but dan at west rock has taken such good care of me mike olson you know i just love cable parks man and i bring my friends and my family and like there's nothing like traveling to a cable park like i've had girlfriends that get pissed because like my destinations are always like wake wake related they yeah. have to be like why not you know even my parents like we'd like let's go to orlando there's a cable park there when i was in high school you know like why not and uh, like my dad has now been, he's been to the Keys like a dozen times and ridden there and got, got pulled by Danny Hampson. He came home one time and was like, yeah, I got lessons from this guy named Danny. He was so nice. I was like, dad, what? One of the best ever do. <laughs> yeah. He had no idea. No idea. So cool. What about uh, outside of the, the States? Because you've, you've been to quite a few outside the States. Yeah, not as many as I'd like to. Um, I haven't done the Europe yet. I needed to get there. The PWL has kept me so busy that I haven't really gotten out of the country in the last really since COVID, I don't think I've been out. Um, but, um, you know, I'll, every park I love, like, I hate to be the Mike Olson answer, but I love every park. They're all so unique, but, um, 
you know, like Courtney's park, uh, I guess it's not her park anymore. Your ex park. <laughs> your ex park. But um, that park is so cool, man. They are pumping some revenue through that place. Like a thousand people through their par- their aqua park a day. Insane. Insane, dude. And the people that work there are the nicest people. Um, the park is super fun. They've got unit features all over. Two lakes. Again, the community there is unreal. Um, I'm, shout out to all y'all. Miss y'all. Been a long time since I've been over there and talked to y'all, but um, man, they're all family. Um, Philippines, that's like the wakeboard mecca, man. But that place has been through some hellish storms and some crazy times too. But that place is butter. Um, so I'd say those two are up there. Okay, it's good answers. I mean, yeah, I think I think Europe is one of those things. It's like you like you kind of got to do. Like I need Europe. A, I need someone to hold my hand over there. I, I'm geography challenged. Like there's so much. Like it's overwhelming. Like well, there's so many parks. It's like, well, how do I? You want to go to all of them, but like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the Wakeskate Cup this year. I'm going to try to anyway. And so, somebody hold my hand over there, please. <laughs> take me, take me around. Love it. All right. So I got something from uh, from Bammer. Oh boy. So it, I usually reach out and try to get a question, but this is more of a kind of lob up a story for oh, you. God. So. Should we give some background? He'll 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 give a good enough background in this well, did, little voice people, message. People, people don't know. He's my roommate. He's been oh background on Bammer. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Run through yeah. who who Bammer is, and I guess yeah, Bammer's pro wake skater. Obviously, been wake skating a long time. Super core guy. Super core wake skater. Um, I you know he's my roommate, so I, he's the easy guy to go to on questions. So I, I rely on him a lot for some wake skating stuff. But uh, we spent a lot of time together. We work we work together now and. We live together, so uh, we've had some some good times. Yeah, curious what this is about to be. I think though. you're gonna. I think you'll know. So this is uh, your your audio visual or, or video background. Probably gonna fucking have an aneurysm because I'm just gonna <laughs> play it right off my phone here into the speaker and the microphone. But whatever, we'll be good. Uh, so he's he's basically leading into a story, and then he's gonna have you kind of finish the story off. But the way Bammer says it's pretty funny. Oh boy. What up, boys? Um, yeah, man. So we were. Uh, we were in Kansas City, uh, as me, Bobby, and Cole Crace, and we were on a little winch trip, and uh, I was riding. Uh, I was walking the rope out, and we were we were in a place we shouldn't have been anyway. Um, the spot was not really that great, and the waterway was easily the nastiest water I've ever been in. Um, and I was, I was walking the rope out. Cole was on the other side of the river um, driving the winch, so he was kind of inaccessible. And I was looking down. And all of a sudden, I kind of hear, you know, something, and, and Bobby yells, Bammer, maybe. And I, like, look up, and and all I see at this point is Bobby kind of jogging towards me with a indifferent look on his face. And this crazy-looking guy behind him, um, and all of a sudden, I... You know, I realized that the guy behind him is putting his bag down, and all of a sudden, this guy starts charging Bobby, like nothing I've ever seen before. You know, the guy is in a full sprint looking to really attack Bobby from behind. And I start yelling, yo, Bobby, he's coming for you. So Bobby starts running to me. And once Bobby gets to me, you know, he's probably 50 yards away from me, maybe, you know, a little less than that. And uh, once he gets over to me, the guy is, you know, 25 feet in front of us. And, you know, I'm kind of holding up my wake skate. Like, am I about to attack this dude? And Bobby, I just tell him, because we had like a one wheel with us, and I tell Bobby, I'm like, just grab what you can, get on the one wheel, and go. You know, and in my head, I'm like, I'll just start running, or I'll attack this guy with my wake skate. And uh, and the guy kind of gets to a point, he realizes that there's two of us, he realizes that like Bobby's kind of 
bouncing and I'm going to bounce too. And then he just starts, you know, yelling a bunch of like whacked out stuff. And then, you know, Bobby can say the rest, but you know, I, apparently Bobby got, uh, punched by this guy and the guy just kind of walked up on him and attacked him. And we don't really know what it was the guy was after, but damn, it was an interesting situation. <laughs> okay. So great, great story time from Bammer there. So, you know, set the scene. What, what actually happened there? What went down? Because we got a little bit of it there from Bammer, but yeah, this was super recent, by the way. This this is the this video is past summer, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I went out to KC with Cole and Bammer to to do this winch trip, and you know, I, I wouldn't say I'd been on like a full on pro winch trip before, and so this was kind of my like you know, I was a filmer for those two, and I was going to get some clips myself or hit some winch spots. Um, so I was pretty excited, you know, and it's kind of kind of my area, you know. I know some, I know the boys out in KC from back in the day. So I hit up Brad and some of the other skaters, and was like, "Hey, give me all the pins. Let's hit this up." And so we're, uh, I don't know if you know KC. We were down in the uh, what do they call it? The plaza, I believe. Disgusting stormwater runoff, and it's like this long kind of river that like has a bunch of drops and like a lot of stuff's not hittable, but there's like these super perfect ledges there that had been in some. Uh, uh, some epic wake skate videos and they're just epic spots for for ledge hits <clears throat> and so um bammer's hitting this spot or whatever and anyway this like this guy i'm i'm we're in, like there's nobody around us at all like we're down in this like gross ass pond like creek thing or whatever and i i see this guy like walking you know he's pretty far away from me and um just didn't even like really pay attention to him and i've got uh, like a handy cam dad cam in my hand and um, Bammer's kind of doing his thing, walking the rope out and like, you know, waxing the the ledge. And all of a sudden I turn around to kind of see where this guy is and he's right there. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And I think I kind of, I, I think what maybe brushed him wrong is that I kind of like looked to see where he was and then like he was right there and I kind of did a double take and then maybe that just kind of rubbed him the wrong way or something. But he was clearly was like homeless and uh, I didn't think he was like on drugs or anything because he was pretty articulate and uh he looked at me and he said why do people always want to fuck with me and think nothing's gonna happen and i was like i don't know man like i'm not trying to fuck with you like and he just kept repeating himself and got a little bit louder and louder and then he like he went back for a punch you know it was pretty obvious he was going for a punch i got a handy cam in my hand like i'm pretty defenseless it's in my right hand you know like and so the he went back so hard that i was able to like duck out of it and I'm not really sure what happened, but I ducked out of it. And then something kind of got me on the back of the head, whether it was like a follow through or whatever. And I just kind of like tuck and rolled and started jogging towards Bammer and looked back and saw that he wasn't like coming after me or whatever. And so I didn't know how much of this Bammer had seen or Cole really. Cause Cole was like, he's on the other side of the river, but it's like pretty far. Like I would have to yell at him to like get his attention or whatever. And so I'm starting to jog towards Bammer and I didn't know what he had seen. And I started like laughing. I'm like, this is fucking crazy, dude, you know? And he's like, he's coming after you. And I turn around and this dude, like every muscle in his body is as tense as it can be. And he is in full sprint, like coming after me to kill me, like scary as fuck. And, um, I just like, I, so like he was clearly out to just get me because he saw Bammer and Bammer started saying like, Hey, what's going on? You know? And he was just clearly focused on me which maybe he was on drugs. I don't know. And so Bammer could tell like right away, like it sounds like I was a little bitch. He's like, get out of here. But Bammer could just tell he was focused on me. So if I, he figured if I get out of sight, this whole thing will end or whatever. Yeah. And so I, I just like put my arms like this and Bammer throws like camera bags and like whatever you can in my arm. And I get on the one wheel and just take off. And then like, 
I get around the corner and I'm like, well, now my fucking buddy's over here, like dealing with this crazy man. Like, and I got all this gear. Like, what do I do? So I kind of like tuck the gear to the side and I come back around and I was like, bammer, like afraid to turn the corner, you know? And like, he's just kind of like back to waxing or whatever. And he's like, I don't know what that was all about. And like, yeah, the dude was just like, I mean, he was out to get me, whatever. But I think he finally, like Bammer said, he finally came to you and just realized that like there was two of us and one of him and like, yeah. So Cole, was helpless over there. He called the cops because he saw like, he couldn't do anything. You know, he was so yeah. helpless, and so we waited for the cops to come, but they never came. But yeah, I got attacked by a bum <laughs> in a wind spot. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Back to business as usual, right yeah. afterwards. That's the thing with winching. Everyone's That's always like, "Is winching worth it?" It's like, yes, no. because, yes, it is because it is, you get yeah, stories yeah. No. like that. Dude. No, it's great. No, like I mean, unfortunately, that really killed our vibe, and we were kind of close to the end of our trip, but we definitely wanted to get like couple more tricks in but it definitely killed our vibe and we ended up having a really good night with some from our friends out there and, and went to this cool jazz club and but yeah <laughs> once you can get you gotta keep your head on a swivel man <laughs> shit's intense jeez uh okay so let's uh a great thank you bammer for that that was great a little little uh, yeah. bump set and spike there that you know thanks for Bobby reminding can, thanks for that ptsd <laughs> uh okay so let's talk about pwl so we've been kind of breezing and touching on it a little bit, but let's let's get into the kind of nuts and bolts of it. Where did you get the Shoot. idea to start PWL? Uh, so the Professional Wake Skate League. That's right. So um, you know, this is like a, a bigger picture than I guess just starting the league. But when COVID hit, sports shut down, and so I was actually on a trip uh, with a college team from St. Louis, the St. Louis Billikens. They were playing in their A10 tournament up in New York. I flew up there and like closed the NASDAQ with our, our, our mascot, like closed the NASDAQ the day before. Pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, we were practicing. I was up there early cause we did that. And then the team came and they were practicing. And then in practice, the, somebody came out and it was like tournaments over COVID's here, blah, blah, blah. We're like, all right, well, we'll sit down with the administration. We're like, what are we going to do? And so we decided we'd let <clears throat> the, the players that could fly home, fly home. And then we would take our charter and go back to St. Louis. And so we go back to the, the charter airport or whatever, and we're sitting there and watching ESPN and NCAA shuts down, NBA shuts down, MLB shuts down, all my jobs gone. I'm like, wow, what's happening? Like, you know, at this time we didn't even know what was going on really. And, and I was just like, man, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. And so I kind of just jokingly was like, I'm just going to go down to Georgia and hang out at Valdosta. <laughs> like, why not? You know, I'll wait till the sports come back. It'll be a couple months, whatever. And so that's what I did. I went down to Georgia and didn't leave for 160 days. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went down there and um, actually, I think I was on a trip to do, I was going to hit every wake park in, in the U S in 20, what was that? 20, I think it was 2020 or 2019 or something. I turned, yeah, I think I remember you posted that on Instagram. I turned 33. I was going to hit all 33 parks. Yeah. Now there's like 28 or something. So, eh, we need more cables. <sighs> it's scary. But um, so I stopped at Valdosta, and then I was going to go hit all the all the parks down in Florida. And um, I don't remember like what what why we were doing this, but we were doing a bunch of grass pulls with cross. I, I think they were doing it before I like got there or something. And I like walked over with my camera, and they were like pulling each other with like Trav's truck or Cross's truck. Just was like, Simon there at all? Was he involved? No, 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 it was no just I didn't Cross. know Simon. That's, yeah. This sounds like something Simon was just Cross and, and I think Cross, Trav, Duran, and Quinn. And okay. we had a bunch of like 
rails out and like we're just goofing off like it's just the stupidest thing ever but we became best friends after that yeah and we're just filming this stupid thing and then i went down and hit all the parks in florida and came back and um you know just our friendship continued and so during the covid time i spent a lot of time down there i think i had hosted one spook fest at this point or maybe two or something and um i had been wanting to host a, a wakeskate event i had talked to silas you know before that had all ended and um I just, you know, I wanted to host wake skating. That's why I built the park. And so me and my buddy, Mike, we wanted to have those guys come up here and watch them ride in person. Cause seeing that shit in person is sick. And, um, so, uh, Trey had done a couple, uh, junction functions at his place at Blackwater junction. And, um, I think he was getting ready to do another one during COVID. I think this was junction function two, I guess. And so I, I didn't know Trey at all. I actually had met Erica, his girlfriend, at Terminus um, with Courtney and um, Courtney Angus. And uh, I was like, hey, can I live stream your event? And he was like, sure. But like, I don't know if you know where we are. We're in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, we'll figure it out, whatever. Like, I can, I'm a, a buff. It's a buff. Yeah, I'm a pro. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> really? <laughs> Dude, he's in the middle of nowhere. We figured it out since then, but like I was out there like doing all this testing and like, I was like, yeah, we're just going to record it and I'm going to go to McDonald's and upload it after. That's what I did. It was horrible. But, um, so I, I streamed that with him and went up there with Trav Duran and then we came back and I think just living down there, Georgia or at Valdosta, we were just like, man, we need contests back. Like Wake City needs contests back. And I think I just like talked with Trey and, and said, you know, I'm, I've got a spot. You've got a spot. These guys got a spot. Let's just kind of put a tour together and and so i was spending a lot of time with trav duran there at the time and so like i'd bounce a lot of ideas off of him he's a pretty core wake skater and you know i wanted to make sure that those guys i was doing things that those core wake skaters that i didn't really know at the time would you know would come to these events and get their buy-in uh, yeah, yeah. Get, get get their sign you know get them get them to come money <laughs> and so trav helped me develop uh you know an idea and um i kind of created like a board at first and just to try to get more opinions than just my own. So I had like a guy that represented the parks, which was actually Luke Tilt from Valdosta. Um, I had, I had a, you know, a few different things. I had like a judges guy, a media guy, and a lot of that kind of fell through because everybody's got their own lives and stuff. But another big aspect we created was the PWL cares. Cause I noticed that in all these pro sports, everybody's doing community service. And so I wanted to be able to like help out in the communities that we're riding in by doing some kind of charity event. So we, the first two years, we had a, a charity aspect where at each stop we, you know, raised some funds for a local charity that was impactful to the host of the of the venue. And so that was cool, super cool. Um, and some of the guys got to like we did Ronald McDonald House in St. Louis, which is important to my family. And um, Cole and I went up there and delivered the goods, and it was it was just cool. It's a good feeling, man. Yeah. And, um, it's something I think that all all action sports should really do is you really got to reach out in your community and it's, it's going to bring you more riders and it's such a good, a feel good thing. It's a win all around. Yeah. yeah it's it, easy. People absolutely. can bring toothbrushes and, you know, just bathroom items and you can donate that to a local charity, a girls and boys club or whatever. And it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there was just a lot of cool things that we wanted to do. And, um, of course we're, we dreamed big, still dreaming big, but you know, we, I wanted to go worldwide in three years or whatever. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of aspects we wanted to to do uh, in the in the contest, and I really loved the way that Street League was doing their contest. And I think Rob Deerdeck is a genius. He's a genius entrepreneur, and you know, 
<clears throat> I wanted to follow in those footsteps, and I saw how they had progressed over the years, and so it's kind of happened. We said, let's do it. Here we are. So Trey, Trey did. Trey hosted the second stop. I hosted the first stop, and the boys in Valdosta held the last stop. Okay, so first year. I mean, you you obviously have your audio or you know your your video background, everything you your experience with that. What, do you have all your own gear at this point, like to do the live streams of the of the events, or you know what's the gear look like for you? Yeah, I think that I had. So when I started doing the Twitch streams, we were renting a lot of gear, and I just thought I'll just build a trailer. I actually had like a six by twelve trailer that I kind of built like a video wall on, just a bunch of monitors, and so I started kind of creating my own gear and. Uh, a lot of it was built with the wake skating in mind. Like I wanted it to be, it's kind of built for that, but I also wanted to make it work for stuff that could bring in revenue. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I was just kind of, I'd slowly been building gear over time, but I had definitely wanted to make a transition into doing more live events through my own company. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I guess you might not know the answer to this, but what does it cost to put on each event? The PWL? Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? I might not know. I mean, I guess, the, I don't know. You probably do know, but. Yeah, I mean, hearing uh, what Reed got paid to host an event, what the <laughs> hell? Times have changed. You were tuned in on that Reed Hansen podcast. Yeah, You're pulling course. out all the sound bites. Of course. That's the man. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not paying people to host contests. I can tell you that. Um, I mean, I, I'll straight up, we are not making any profit. Every dollar that we get from sponsors and uh, revenue of entry fees or everything goes right back into the PWL. And not only that, but I'm dumping a bunch of my time and money into the equipment and and whatever just to make it happen. I mean, I love wake skating and I want this to happen. Um, I know that in the long run, hopefully I'll recoup some of that. But to me, it's the, the friends and family we get out of these moments are like, like sometimes we're just like, let's shut the live stream up and just enjoy each other because we're all, it's all the wake skaters that are, you know, filming and announcing and doing graphics and replays and, um, which is super cool and unique to any other sport, but sometimes it's a little bit much and we, you know, it takes away from hanging out with each other, but, um, it's a, it's a tight knit family. We love it. What would you, what would you say the, the feedback initially was, you know, maybe either when you had the idea after the first year, or after the second year, I mean, you probably had a lot of feedback from the riders and, and the people tuning in. What's, what's the feedback been like? I mean, I think it's, um, I think wake skaters love it for sure. It's, it's better contest viewing than they've ever been able to have. You know, I think more than that, the wakeboarders love it. I get more love from like guys like you and space mob and Daniel Jarrett and, and just random riders that will, like I was at West rock recently and, um, like, uh, Blanco, no Blanco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blanco the Elder. He came Shredder. up to me and was like, "Dude, gave me the biggest praise about what I've been doing for the sport and stuff." And it was just like, "That's that means a lot." Like when I can make a guy that's sitting in his office happy watching wakeboarding, like that's cool. Yeah, I mean, and I'm making his day. Like what he said to me was so cool, man. And he did it in front of my buddy Corey, and Corey's like, "What the hell?" Like, it's like, "What's up, Corey?" <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. Commish, Bobby. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool getting the recognition. I mean, like people really kind of downplay it too. They're like, yeah, you know, you do it professionally and like, yeah, your stuff is, is super great quality. But like, I really do take a pride in like high quality audio for like yard sale. Like I want people to hear those rail hits. I want, like, I'm always constantly thinking about 
how I can add another mic or cause like we're running mics pretty far, like a couple hundred feet. That's a long way to run some analog signal. And so like, um, we were, we were playing back the clips at a yard sale. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but like I was up at the speaker, like, cause whoever, uh, I think Dylan did the edit. He kind of jacked my audio up and he did his transitions like super loud. So I'm up there like making sure everybody can hear every rail hit, like clink, clink, like I want you to, I want you to hear that shit. Yeah. That's the good stuff. And then they got to the guys and they're like, let's put some music on. I was like, no, no, <laughs> but you know, whatever it's, it is what it is. But like, I love those natural sounds, man. Like if you're sitting at home and you can hear those rail hits, like it puts you in. Well, the especially menu. at Valdosta where you have these yeah. different materials that make different sounds, which for sure. But know. even like full size, like there's so many drone clips, like whether it's a, a full-on edit or whatever like that you just don't get audio or that's fake audio i hate the fake what do you think audio. about the fake audio Fuck i gotta the ask fake audio dude dave av is gonna not be stoked on that answer but i'm dude, gonna echo i think, it. Dave, I, think I've said, fan, I think that i've commented on something before i hate it dude like i i get it like throw the gopro in your pocket get the like that whoosh, whoosh. no the, the gopro in your pocket like you're using the actual same sounds but yeah, the yeah. fake audio that's bullshit i guess how do I, how do you know if it's fake Watch I guess the clip. you know that it's fake. Watch the clip. That the average Joe is like, I don't know. Yeah. Sounded like a whoosh, whoosh. I mean, that's pretty know. obvious. Yeah. And you, you can do viral videos. Like, I'm pretty sure the Grubs thing had some extra audio in it. Like, enhanced. We're enhancing some. I mean, I do, movie magic. I do intro videos. We're, we're asking, adding basketball sounds. We're adding True. shoe squeaks and crowd noises. So, like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But on a live stream, like, you can't do fake audio for sure. On an edit, I don't know. It's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. when it's clearly fake, man, it really it really irks me. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough. I agree with you on that one. Um, okay, so I mean, I got quite a bit I want to ask about the PWL, but yeah. So have have you gotten all the buy in from the riders that you would have hoped you've gotten? <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I'm basically asking why are some big names not involved? Yeah, man. Um, I'm just gonna put a challenge out there. There's guys out there that not only myself, but all these riders and younger riders looked up to you for a long time and they all have praised the PWL, but man, a simple story post would help us out so much just to say, I used to do this even, or I'm still doing this, tune in here. Like some of these guys have some, a lot of followers and you know, there's, I would say that some of the feedback I've gotten from, you know, some of the more opinionated people out there have said, why aren't these guys supporting you? And I don't know the answer to that, but I would, I challenge you guys. Like if you're a wake skater and you're out there and you're not supporting us on our days of our events, like, please do, please share your stories. Like it just helps us out. Like I said, every dollar that we put into the PWL goes right back to the riders. We're streaming on Twitch. You can subscribe to our Twitch through your Amazon prime for free. It's five bucks. That helps us out. Um, we're selling merch that helps us out. Sponsorships, please help us out. Like, man, sponsorships are so tough post COVID. And if you love wake skating, like you can, a board now is like three or $400. If you could just put that towards the PWL and help us out, like it's huge. It's a huge help. Every little bit counts. Um, but I would love to see like a, a legend rider just come up to, just show up to the PWL. And I don't know that maybe some of them are intimidated. They think that, you know, <clears throat> the core guys don't think they're cool, but like let's drop that shit. Like dude, who cares? We just want to hang out. Like yeah. we just want, like, like I said earlier, like those little bitty moments that you have with a pro, whether it's a quick hello or, or whatever, like those are huge to people. 
And if it's a thing that, you know, you, even if like maybe your skills aren't up to where you want them to be, just come hang out. You don't have to ride. You don't have to judge. We won't put you to work. Just come and hang out. Like just, you love wake skating, show it, prove it. Be a part of it. Yeah. Prove it. Show up. Like we work our asses off. And if you think that what we're doing is cool, come hang out. We just want to hang. Yeah, exactly. Dude, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And like, I think it's super important for, cause you think of these legends who have, you know, thousands of followers those people who are still following that person are at least somewhat interested in wake skating. They don't yeah. follow a professional wake skater, ex-professional wake skater, because they weren't interested in what they were doing. Yeah. So, yeah, like story shares, if that's the least you can do, I mean, that that means a lot in such a small industry where you can make, you can really move the needle with stuff like that. I mean, know? even even just to show the guys that are competing that you're watching, I think, even though they may not say it out loud, they would love to see that. Yeah. Like, you know, I know that some guys are, you know, a little bit, stubborn about talking about some of the legends they looked up to but like they're watching i guarantee you that every writer has said something to me like this guy liked my post this guy said something commented on my thing like we're a community we're a small family like show the love you know show the love i love that right there i love that um okay we got a uh, patreon question from hayden oh. lusk Hey, my boy. Uh, he's going hey bob huge fan i love what to do with the cameras and the wake skates and shit <laughs> What does the future look like for the PWL? Any possible additions, you know, to the two tower stops, maybe a full size of some sort. Yeah. What's the, I guess, what's the future looking like? Um, that's a tough one. Um, I'll go short and long. I put some thought to this cause I figured you were going there. Of course. I think short term, um, well, right now we need sponsors. 2024 is coming right around the corner. So if you guys want to, up on we've got a great live stream with tons of sponsorable elements um we are trying to go to canada this year yep andy oak uh and some of the boys up there um are doing some other contests that we're gonna that i'm gonna be working on some live streams with and so while we're up there we we're gonna try to host a, a wakeskate pwl stop up there if we can get um the budgeting to make it happen canada is great because their government helps them out on some events. And so, uh, if that all works out, we're, we're trying to pad the purse a little bit just to encourage some folks to show up there and travel a little bit farther distance. Um, and so that would be probably like a fourth stop and we'd probably turn Valdosta into like a best trick kind of stop. Um, okay. which would be cool. Something yeah. different. And we're talking about, you know, what we're doing with yard sale and that kind of stuff too. So we're all trying to figure out what's up for 2024. Um, and I've got some other clients that are trying to do some live streaming toad, industry stuff so lots of things in the works um i think um long term like ultimate goal for pwl is to is to have our contest in a in a venue i guess with um with more people so whether that's like i think the ultimate goal is to do something like sls did i think in jacksonville where they like built a course and then left the course for the community like that would be the ultimate to be building parks and leaving them for the community Whew. That's unreal. Um, but I think like doing events like, like you're saying like at a festival where there's a pond and we can bring like I don't know, a unit pool in and like either put it in the pool or put it outside the pond into the, you know, into the pond. Just to, we, our thing is the drop. We got to have a drop. Yeah. So um, some kind of pool gap. But I think like having a contest in a public park on a pond, whether it's like a drop into that pond or a drop in, you know, a pool and floating in that pond or something, I, I think that would be rad. Um, and obviously getting into the Europe scene, like the, the riding in France is insane. And, 
in Italy and those guys and just the wake scene over there is so much more massive and, and evolving and um, Leah does some great wake skate stuff over there and I would love to you know host a PWL over there but man it's tough the it's logistics a are a little bit tough so I mean in terms of long term goals I think building parks would obviously be awesome to have that leave them um, and leave them in the spot I but mean, even going back to wake skating or wake skate tour and like touring with a two tower like I mean I can't imagine Rickson or Sassy Tech doing that right now like that's a lot of a lot of budget to pull for something that's not a whole lot of eyes on it you know but there's a lot more support then and we just we don't have that right now and it's going to take like we were talking about off the off camera it's going to take that out of industry sponsored to really step us up i think yeah for sure i think that wake skating has a potential to and when i think when it came out i was like this has a potential to outdo wakeboarding but i think with the two tower setup we have like you're in like a sea world splash zone type thing with the audience like in st louis we line the shore people tailgate right up to the water i mean it's a fun atmosphere and I think if you can do that in every city in a you know more popular area, like we can create some pretty sick events, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Being that close to the action is the hardest part of our sport, whether it's wake. Well, and I think that that's where boat has seen the biggest detriment of, you know, boat wakeboarding and or wake surfing or whatever that you're far away. It's just, you can't feel it. If you're going to an event, you want to feel it. You really want to be there. Like you want to be, taste it. you want to taste it. You want to be in the splash zone, dude. Like that's what you want. So like uh, the old monster jam commercials, we'll sell you the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. <laughs> wow. That's a good day. Ta- you can steal that and just rephrase it a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, getting people that close and like we lost the X games because of the downtime and boat and there's still some downtime in two tower cables and stuff, but our, we've got our finals down to about a 50 minute uh, show, if you will. And that's pretty good for TV. And um, that's kind of what we're trying to go after is like an hour long heat. Um, I think we're going to really try to push our Saturday finals this year. Um, We really want, you know, we were kind of advertising all three days before, but we want people to show up like the riders know when the contest is, but we want the show to be the finals of open and the finals of pro. And we want that to be like a live DJ and like a whole fun atmosphere. Yeah. Hit him with the meat and potatoes. Give him like a really, really, really good thing. That's, Maybe quicker, but I've, I just feel like that's kind of what life is now. Is unfortunately, it's just much yeah. more quick hits. Got to be intense, like because yeah, we would get people sprinkled in on Saturday and sprinkled in Sunday morning. But it's like, or sorry, Friday and Saturday. But like, if we give them Saturday three o'clock, boom, yes, yeah. you're they do it two you know hour open an hour fine, uh, pro and boom, and then we party exactly. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Everybody wants to hang out, have a good time, watch some wake skating, party. Um, it, okay, in terms of the contest on the tour, so you have. This last year you had four stops, three stops, three stops, three stops every year, yeah, three stops, and then ideally you're the commission of the league. So like, what would you love to see in a perfect world? The amount of contest stops and the locations of them. Like, would you rather see eight stops all over the world, or would you rather see four, like two in America, two in Europe? Like, what you know, ideally, what would you like to see? That's a tough question. Um, I can tell you that the year we did the Space Mob tour full-size cable and the pwl i was cooked so cooked um that was a lot homie was cooked homie was cooked <laughs> um what that i guess like worldwide probably be like two in the u.s and two overseas i guess in europe um i guess that sounds good and have them maybe somewhat close together so if you're the going over to europe you yeah can do them both and vice versa i mean like the biggest draw is just purse man we need purses 
Like yeah. people want to win. The people want to go to win. And like, if we can have deeper purses, like our purse isn't very deep. We're only paying out to fourth right now. So if we could pay out to eight and that makes traveling a lot more incentive. Yeah. In a, in a perfect world, like if you could pay out to eight and that eighth place was basically, you know, not a plane ticket, but a yeah. good chunk of money, right. That like it covers most of a plane ticket or whatever. Then it just totally changes the people, the amount of people who are like, Oh, you know what? I, I'm not going to win. I know I'm not going to win and that's okay, but damn, I could get fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh. Like I could totally pull that out. You know, And a guy like Josh Zentmeyer who has two kids and a wife and a dog, like if they're paying out to eighth place, it makes a lot more sense for him to come. But if he's only paying to four, it's like, yeah, it's going to be a fun family trip, but it's going to cost a family of four some money to get up to St. Louis. hundred percent. Yeah. And without a really guaranteed, not, you know, you're never gonna have a guaranteed return in a contest, but you always want a good chance yeah. at getting something back. So, Okay, uh, how big would you say your your like crew is for putting on a PWL event? So, well, PWL is a bit of a different beast because it's the family putting it on. So sure. we kind of yeah. rotate. Um, but I would say a typical like stream for a wakeboarding event, I would say is probably three of us in the van, and you know, Ian on the drone, and maybe one or two camera operators. So I'd okay. say like six, maybe tops. Okay. Yeah. That's decent size squad. Yeah, decent size. And it could and that's you know, each person's doing multiple jobs. Like in a real sports production, we're talking like twenty five, thirty people. Like there's one audio guy, like where I'm doing audio, free play and graphics, you know, or whatever. And Brad's directing T D and you know, we're all doing multiple jobs. Yeah. Um, but shout out to the crew. Brad, um if you guys know Brad, he's been at Space Mob events and all the PWL events. Um Ian Smith's been with us since day one. The dude rocks. Um, all the volunteers that you know, have you know hopped on camera, and of course, Bammer's been helping me out a bunch lately. So, shout out to the crew, much love, much love, absolutely. So, what do you think makes you know a live stream something that someone would want to tune into? Ha. Huh. Um, you, you touched on you want to do it in an hour, but like, what are some other things? Yeah, that... I think. Well, let's 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 talk about what makes you tune out. <laughs> love that. That's the easier way. Yeah. Bad audio will make people tune out faster than anything else, which is wild. Because as a guy who does a podcast, like, you probably understand, I guess, but a lot of people don't put a lot of thought into audio. But if you have shitty audio, people will not stick around, even if the video is amazing. Especially this day and age, yeah. It's crazy. Be. So I love audio. Well, I don't love audio. It's some, sometimes a nightmare, but it's important. Um, obviously, good video production is good, good graphics. Um, I love replays. Um, but you know, replays have to be used sparingly. Um, when I did the first event at, at Trey's place, Keaton, who's also in, big into media, he came in and was like, stop replaying everything. Like I was replaying everything. Like, cause, cause I was just trying to jam it all. I was doing yeah. every job. I was like the only guy in the truck. So I was doing everything. He's like, let's only replay crazy falls like that. You would have to see again and land. And it really like gave us great direction. Cause it's like, you want to educate your audience on what you're looking for. So if you're replaying a fall, like, they don't know what they're looking for. But if you only replay lands, they're like, well, that's what they want. And if you replay a hand drag or, and you, you know, talk about it, yeah. whatever, explain it. But um, replays are great. Um, the drone, man, the drone is a game changer. Um, having a guy like Ian yeah. is a game changer. And um, there's other great drone pilots out there. I worked with BT, too. BT's great on the FPV. It's good to have a good mix. I'm not a huge fan of FPV for live. It's just too jarring for me. It's great for, for certain looks and, and a lot of, like, social media type stuff but 
it's got it's gotten a certain place in live, I think. For sure. Um, but yeah, those are some of the aspects I think that are important. So what makes people, I mean, you were talking about what makes people tune out. I mean, in terms of the events themselves, where are we going to see success within water sports, whether it's wake skating, wakeboarding, whatever, what's going to make those events really, you know, have people be like, okay, I need to tune into that. Like, this is something that's really entertaining. Oh, that's a toughie. I don't think there's like one real easy, quick answer for that. Um, but I think like, uh, I think consistency, consistency of quality production, um, consistency of consistency of good quality um, announcing and anal- um, analysis of the event and explanations of what's going on, gra- you know, like good graphics. Like people, you got to educate your audience. Um, tell them what the format is. Tell them, and you know, sometimes I'm not great at that. The PWL, sometimes we're not great about explaining what we are looking for from uh, the riders. You know, I think in person we are, but maybe not to social media or whatever, but um, that's tough. I think that the toughest thing right now is, is in person. It's, it's tough to get people to show up to events. And uh, as a guy that's worked in fan entertainment for a long time, and there's a lot you can do at an event to help entertain your fans. Um, one thing we do that's kind of unique in the PWL is we don't have live announcing at the event. That's something that I kind of pushed because I've been to plenty of events where people are talking about me and I don't want to hear myself get talked about while I'm trying to do this trick that I can barely do or whatever. And so um, we're trying to find kind of trying to find a happy medium with that because you do have to educate your audience. You know, like I want to say, hey, this is Hunter coming down or, you know, whatever and, and talk about the tricks when they land them. But like, I don't want to be out there and like, you know, like when I'm riding on the PWL, they're, they're talking on the broadcast about like, being thankful for me and you know helping out in the PWL which is great but I don't hear that when I'm out there riding yeah, yeah. I know they're doing it but like I don't hear it and I don't want to hear that I want to hear that whatever music you know like for me it's rap music I, that's, well and in other sports events like at a football game when you're watching in person you're not hearing the commentating you're yeah, watching the exactly, like yeah but yeah obviously you do need, do need some educational components like yeah, they have a jumbo a, jumbotron yeah, or whatever there's an announcer saying it's third down or you know whatever so yeah there is some fan entertainment out there but I don't know what makes it great? I think, I think there's a, a very strong aspect of in-person entertainment versus your online entertainment or your broadcast entertainment. Those are two totally different shows, but you can combine aspects and whatever to make both of those entertaining, but taking advantage of both of those and interacting with your audiences on the broadcast is huge right now. Like Twitch is huge for that. Like, especially for us in PWL, like our community is strong. Like people are, adding tips they're making bets on there they're like it's oh whoa 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 we're yeah. making bets yeah people are like dropping bits on like who's gonna win this or if he'll land this trick i'll throw you know oh i gotta get bits it on out this. there i mean bits are like a cent or something but like it's still it's hey it we don't unit shame doesn't matter how much you're betting as long as you're getting exactly. on the action <laughs> but it, it, it's just that fan interaction and that's one thing i learned from these twitch streams is like these they like chat is like a i thought they were calling this guy chad like i'm like who's this chad guy like and it's like no they're talking to chat like the it's, people it's the people but they include them like they're there and that's huge like to that fan interaction and it took kind of our guys a little bit to get used to that like because there's some lingo it's like calling them chat like that's a weird like it's a weird thing to do you're not you used know? to it it's weird yeah. yeah and so like and there's some language that we've had to get used to to like you know like what the what the bits are and what how the tipping and all that stuff works and like we are making revenue on twitch on every stream we do yeah twitch is the shit people don't know but they should. Yeah. But yeah. So our, 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 
uh, the first year we went on Vimeo and I paid some abstract, like some crazy number to go like the pro Vimeo or whatever and waste of freaking money. Twitch is free and we're making money now. So our thing now is we're streaming live on Twitch. We're posting a recap of that. Uh, I'm not super consistent on this, but this is my goal is to take the chop down version of every attempt because we get 10 attempts. Um, upload that to YouTube and then also upload the full broadcast if you want to hear everything that was said. So you can watch the whole heat in like 15 minutes, see every attempt, or you can watch the whole hour long heat. And how, oh, heats are an hour long, so you yeah, can get a roughly, condensed 15 minutes or whatever. It's like four man heat, 10 attempts, it's roughly 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. I love the attempts versus the time. We used to do time and people like handle hold because they want flat water or whatever, and this has been so much better just. 10 attempts, you know how many I didn't even got. think about that aspect of it. Yeah, it's huge. It's been huge for us. Yeah. yeah the 10 attempts is way better. You can take all the time you want on the dock, not pissing anybody else off. It's also easier to follow as a viewer because so if you're easy. like, oh, well, there's five minutes. I've always, that's always been frustrating to me watching like X Games Five minutes, Jam, so that's like three pulls. Is that guy like, going to like, is Zeb going to get to do his knuckle huck again? Like, is he going to get another go or is he going to get like, when the time stupid. runs out, do they go through it again? Like, I don't know. Now, I don't know if you pay attention recently, but like they're stopping the clock like randomly. Like it's. I think the clock is a joke in X Games right now. Like, it's weird. No, we need to go to attempts. I totally attempts, agree with attempts yeah, because it's, it's like, oh, we got three attempts, two attempts, one attempt, you're done. Like, yeah, you know, and like now we're doing like uh, for pro, you have to land uh, three, but only two count. So it pushes the lands more, basically, trying to make it good for the audience, watchability. Um, so, yeah, we're constantly, and a lot of this I've stolen from Street League or other other contests, and we're just constantly trying to evolve and make our make our stuff better. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to introduce live scoring. That's going to be huge. That really helps educate your audience. So how's that going to work? What's your guys' plan for that? So this is something that we've, uh, Brad and I have kind of recently discovered. Um, it's something that's already been out there in the skateboarding world. And so now we are going to offer this with any live stream we do for, for anything. Um, but it's, a, it's kind of an event management uh, system. So you also register all your riders through there. It'll, it'll draw all your heats. Um, it's very, it's built for skateboarding. So it's very Olympic style. Um, Tons of different ways you can judge. Judges use their phone. They just use a slider bar. You can rate one to 10, one to a hundred, whatever you want to do. You can do your best trick, best lines. You can set up a bunch of different ways. Super cool. And then we can take that data live as it happens. You know, go to you after you do your run, stay on that hero shot, let the judges calculate, and then boom, your score pops up. Man, for audience watchability, that is huge. You're going to know where people are sitting the whole way. Um, where it gets kind of weird is every event we've done so far, replay's been so huge that the judges go back and watch replay. So we're trying to find that happy medium of like, do we just not, do we show this scoring and it's not official until there's a review or do we just run it and say this is official? Cause I don't, you know, our goal is to get on a bigger media platform. So we want to, we want that watchability. So something we're playing with, we're figuring it out. But we have the live data feed. We figured that out. So that's we're, sick. We're stoked. Yeah, that's huge. I think live scoring is massive for. I'm a not live saying event. it's gonna ha- like I need a sponsor to kind of hop on to really make it happen, but it's huge. It's it's really gonna make watchability a game changer. Yeah, hundred percent. And that so, that's available for anybody out there that wants to put a live stream together. So you do live streams. You're available to do you know this whole media thing for anybody who wants to do an event, whether it's in wake or out of wake, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of what Funky is doing. <laughs> That's what Kid Funky's doing. Yeah. So, I mean, we do anything. We do, um, our website's getfunkymedia.com. Um, but basically we do live or post-production. I team with some guys in St. Louis to do the post-production. We do intro videos for sports teams, um, which is super fun and super cool to work with those athletes. Um, 
we do live production and then I'm also doing some consulting now for, for fan entertainment. So you know, I'm doing 150 events a year for fan entertainment. So I got a lot of experience on how to, how to keep people happy. So um, whether that's in a sporting venue or even wakeboarding or uh, whatever, um, I've helped a lot of new buildings come up in St. Louis, whether it's like the soccer stadium or um, just control rooms getting rehabbed for new equipment. I've been part of those processes. So trying to get in more into that and help out, in other places. So is there anything that you can talk about in the wake side of things that you're going to be involved in, you know, live stream wise, event wise coming in the future besides PWL? Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I'm working with some of the Canadians to do, um, I always screw this up. Provincials. I think it's called. That's yeah, that's a word. Provincials. Okay. It's like sure. their Providence the States, yeah. for them, state, state championships. Um, working with the guys at the rail yard to, to stream that. And then I think Andy's hosting Canadian nationals. So working with Andy on, streaming that um and like i said we might toss a pwl in the middle of those hopefully um but talking to some wake surf guys about doing some stuff with that um i've been talking to bischoff with the pwt for years but that's never really come to fruition um but obviously i think something needs to happen with the, the pro wakeboard tour um i used to go to those events and man they were super fun and packed and something needs to change there i'm not sure what the what the right answer is but I think live would help them out a big time. You know, they do this big post-production with Alliance and it's a great show and it wouldn't take much to just make that happen live. It just would take a little bit of a learning curve. Um, I'd love to work with the PWT. I think, I think we all need it. You know, boats where we all came from. So there's still a lot of boats in the world <laughs> yeah. in America. And then of course, um, you know, the boys at, at Space Mob, we've always got something in the works. Okay. Speaking of Space Mob, we ever going to see a, a Space Mob tour again? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. then. Uh, I mean, so like, I think when the PWL started, one of my goals was to do a, a I wanted to get all aspects like toe jam, you know, full, well, I guess it, things have evolved, but I wanted to get full size cable, two tower cable, maybe some winch and some boat. We tried to do a video boat contest. Didn't, didn't get a whole lot of um, people submitting stuff for that. Um, full size I just couldn't really get anybody to register. So I went to space mob and said, let's make this like a grassroots event, try to get some groms and, uh, talk to those guys into it. And, uh, we had a blast doing, it. I, I kind of like had to talk them into it. And then we got to West rock and they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Now we see why you're doing this. Like, this is a blast. We get to you know get involved with the community and stuff. And then I think by the third one, we were all just so cooked. Like it's a lot to travel that big group. And there's a lot of logistics for me and I was just cooked. So, I can't say that'll happen again, but I did a lot for that thing. And is we all did, we all, we all worked our butts off and it just, it didn't really, you know, there wasn't really like a huge incentive to, to run it back. So space tapes and yard sale, huge incentives to run those back. A hundred percent. Uh, who, who's been your favorite announcers on the live streams? Wow. So Hayden asked, or, uh, okay, yeah, what Hayden, was Hayden's Hayden question? asked this. That was the second part of his question. What was he, his first question? I forgot. Uh, Good question. Uh, he was just wondering the future of it. So oh, okay, yeah. two tower stops, full size. We, we touched on all that. So my favorite announcers. He said it's him and Ralphie. But oh, for yard sale or just like he just general, says the announcers in general. So yeah, I give those guys a lot of props. <laughs> they did kill it though. They, they're funny. They're up there. Uh they're up there as fun because we can like what like by that by yard sale like Bammer and I are just in the truck just trying to like derail the show. You know? <laughs> like we're in, we're in the announcers' ears just trying just to derail talk. everybody and fuck with them and stuff so it was fun um man that's tough uh 
on the PWL side, I mean, Bammer and Marcus kill it. Uh, Josh does great. I mean, a lot of guys jump in and just they're talking about what they love. So it, it comes naturally. Yeah. Jake Ramsdale's jumped in. Uh, I mean, even Wes has jumped, Wes and Quinn have jumped in on some PWL stuff. And I think everybody does great. Um, I thought Gavin Stuckey was a sneaky, great dude, Gavin, announcer. On, on, so yard sale, I think I, I think we talked about this there. Like, Gavin, yeah. When you told me that Gavin's on your group thing, I was like, hell yeah. Dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think I messaged him or said something to him. I was like, yeah, man, your analysis was like so good. Like really good. I was really impressed. Um, who else did good? Um, Dylan uh, Mead's good. Um, he did a really good job of educating people you know he was big on that when i was yeah. watching he's big on educating i think good. i i think i said that to him and then he kept like over educating and i was like maybe i shouldn't have said that <laughs> you gave him a little too much positive reinforcement <laughs> yeah. but no he does good but he, I mean, he like you know some of those guys they just get it like they, they watch sports you know they they like you you watch a lot of sports you do great you great analysis you, like bammer and marcus are really figuring out that there's a play-by-play role and there's what they call a color analysis role yeah. and they're really starting to bounce off each other and like Marcus will tee him up and Bammer will finish it out and like getting those kind of, you know, banters back and forth is really what makes it entertaining. And those guys make up stories about the battles of the riders and like Trav eating raw eggs and stuff. And like, if you have really followed, like there's some stories that they've made up that have like gone on now for three seasons that I'm sure somebody believes it's like, <laughs> like Trav's mom, I think messaged him was like, how many Eggs? Well, you're eating raw eggs for breakfast and Trav's like no mom like it's it's just the guy it's this like, thing it's not real yeah. <laughs> so I, I was just kind of thinking this as it came to my head right now but in terms of announcers because I, I think a lot of people tune into events you know maybe not fully because of who's announcing it but it's definitely in part if there's a good announcer it's you're going to keep someone watching yeah. for sure like I, I, I know I watch snowboarding and if Todd Richards is announcing I'm going to watch yeah. and I'm going to watch the whole thing because he's going to say interesting stuff the entire time. The skate line guy, um, Gary, Gary. Yep. Yeah. If he's dude, he, uh, I was watching, I can't remember what it was like a skateboarding event and the camera guy like, like missed and they, they rolled a replay and the camera guy like missed the framing of the skateboarder, like didn't see the trick at all. And Gary calls it out on the air. And like, as a director, I was like, man, like that's a huge no, no, but it's Gary. Like that's Gary's thing. Like, I, like in the truck, if, if an announcer says like, Oh, show me that replay or whatever. It's always like, kind of like, fuck you, man. Like we're busy enough back here and you want us to show your shit. Like take what we're giving yeah. you. God damn it. And so like, so he did that and I was like, damn, he called him out. And then I was like, you know what? It's the X games, man. You should call that camera guy out. Like I thought it was kind of sick. Yeah. But, absolutely. But, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's some, you know, and I think that's what the space mob tour was about is, and, and space tapes huge. Like seeing those riders that people look up to West Quinn cross dairy, Koti, all of them, Cena, um, seeing them react to your riding and talk about your riding, it's huge. Like BT talking shit on me, I'll never forget that, man. I'd never hold anything against that guy for that. He didn't know, you know, like, like that's a memory for me that's forever, you know? And, um, you know, we're talking about what we're going to do for 2024. And I said to Quinn, I said, you guys reacting to these, you know, amateur riders or whatever, they're, they're filming, like, that's huge. We can't lose that 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 was a huge aspect like watching parks react to my riding or you know quinn or wes or dairy or cross like that's huge man like that space tapes was a game changer i thought it absolutely was i mean it, it was just such a cool contest that like you wouldn't have expected how many people to submit videos and they did from pros to joes and everyone in between it was like huge you know so, i named that event right space tapes yeah 
It's a good name. It's a great name, actually. <laughs> they're all in the in the shop. There you hey. go. Space tapes. They're all in the shop and uh, like doing a Monday meeting or something. And uh, this is during COVID, I guess. Yeah, during COVID. And they're just like, no, not that. No, not that. And I just popped in and was like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, We're trying to name this contest. And I was like, how's space tapes? Quinn, fuck you, Bob. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we think about this for weeks. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's you couldn't have thought of a better name. So it's, I mean, it's fitting, right? It's exactly yeah, hundred percent fitting. So on on the topic of having people be announcers and the importance of you know a good duo, is there ever been any thought of those pros coming in for the Wake Skate League specifically and having like okay, so this stop has Reed Hansen announcing the main event for an hour or two hours, or whatever. The next stop we have. You know, Pastura brother. The next stop we have, you know, Ben Hran or I don't know some of these big names, right? Like to me, that would be awesome because then yeah. you would rally all these people that are interested in that guy that followed that guy from when wake skating was huge, and now would come and watch this hour because you'll get expert analysis from this guy you know, and he this guy will now bridge the gap between now what wake skating is today. Yeah, and I think um, you know Marcus would be a good guy to like you know toss between the now and then and. I mean, budgets are the issue, really. Uh, what's cool about the stuff we do on Twitch, though, is that we can have guest announcers. We actually had BT guest DJ for our finals one year at my house. Nobody heard it at the event, but, like, online, if you're watching, like, you see BT and his, you know, DJ set doing his thing, and he's done some awards for us at Valdosta and stuff. And so, yeah, we we uh, we could totally do that. And I think uh, I think we kind of did something with that at Trey's. We, like, played it back and had people announce over it, like, af- you know, like months after the event, and that was cool. Yeah, I think that would be cool. I'm just thinking about it right now for yard sales specifically too of like you have your your set of riders that are riding from these times and that's on the live stream or whatever. And then it'd be cool if they were paired up with announcing duos that was on a schedule because it's like you don't know why someone would tune into this rider, but they might tune in to listen to what these people have to say. Vice versa, you have a whole other dynamic of why people are going to tune in. It's true. And uh, I think now I'm thinking back, like the first junction function that I live streamed for Trey, I think we played it. I must've played it back at my house like a week later or something. I can't remember what exactly happened, but I remember we played something back at my house and uh, Thomas Harrell called in and like video chatted, like over like watching it back or whatever. And we were all just like, did that just happen? Like, you know, the God of wake skating just came in. Dude, he's so stoked on the PWL. It's so sick. That's so rad to see that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we could totally do that. We could totally bring people in whether, you know, but honestly, like for me in the PWL, I think the biggest thing for us is judging. I would love to see a budget that I can just get consistent judges to each event and to get somebody like Ben Haran and Andrew Pester to put their stamp on the judging of our contest. Huge. Um, to me, that's a little bit more important. Um, Reed spoke a lot about like, you know, as a judge, he's a judge for the WWA and they're very vocal about what they're looking for. And I would really like to, to nail that down, but we just don't have the budget for it. And I want, you know, to have Andrew there and Ben there and put their stamp of approval on the PWO or, you know, a Reed Hansen or a Brian Grubb or a BT or, you know, even if it's just announcing, you're just hanging out, like them being there is putting their stamp on it. You know, um, it's huge. What's the judging like right now? Um, so typically it's like three judges. Um, and you know, they have a grid, 10 attempts. They'll put an X down if there's a fall and then they'll write the trick down and then they'll typically come back and, you know, watch, rewatch the top hits and then, you know, make their decision. It's usually three judges and, uh, 
It's dude, judging, as you mentioned on many podcasts, judging in gymnastics is so hard. Like, how do you compare this trick to that trick? Switch, you know, I don't know. You can throw any two tricks out there. It's so impossible to compare. It's so subjective. And I think, like Reed said, the, the more you can do to put out there what you're looking for and what it takes to win your contest, I think the better you are. And I think that's something that I haven't been great at, but my hands are are kind of full um but there's always room for improvement and so i think that's that's one of the things that i think the riders would really appreciate and i think that's something that i would really like to to see myself yeah because I, I i'll be the first to admit i am not the guy to judge these events if i'm judging these events we're fucked <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'll be the first to admit i'm, I'm i don't have this the core skateboard like and this, I say this at these events. These guys will come to me and say, "What do you think?" Because I'm in the I'm in the booth replaying for these guys and look at me and I said, "Dude, I don't have the qualifications to put my stamp on this. Like, yeah. I can't do these tricks. Like, and for me to say that that's harder than that is stupid because I can't do it. And so um, it's important that the judging to the riders and to myself that the judging is really yeah. It's what it, it's a cornerstone of making you know a legitimate event is having the judging be. You know, there will always be a question, right? Of it was this yeah. the better, that better, but to kind of eliminate as much of that as you can, that's you know, cornerstone of a good event. And you're never sure. gonna get it perfect. No. It's not unless it's because it's a it's subjective. It's yeah. not objective, so, so you're subjective. never gonna get it perfect, and that's okay. That's and fine. everybody's opinion is different. You know, like my opinion of doing something left foot forward or switch or whatever is gonna be completely different than Bammers. Hundred <laughs> percent. For example, I don't think a butt check counts as a land. Do you? Hell no. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Hell then. no. I mean, there's there. So that, I mean, that's that's a that's a tough one. There's, you know, like again, I feel like we really try to portray skateboarding, and if you're doing that on a skateboard, it's not counting. If your hand touching, it's not counting. Um, now, there's been some close calls. Like uh, I can think of a Marcus trick. I think that happened. Oh, was it a trade? I think or something. I don't know. It, I, he I was at my house actually he like went down and like it's like was his weight transferred off of the skate onto the water because that would be a fall you know it, it, there's definitely some like sketchy area but like the one thing that we are clear about is we are looking for clean lands and if there is a little bit of sketch but it's a harder trick you know the judges take that into yeah. consideration but we want clean lands and that's going back to the replays like we're replaying the clean lands. And if it's sketchy, the guys are talking about why it's not clean. So hundred percent. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, one thing that I have picked up from my time around space mob and my time around, you know, these professional filming writers is that you have to be particular. If you don't set a standard like, Oh, come on, man, or wigs each. There is, you know, what is it? The standard is the standard. And without it, you have, you have nothing. That's right. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> think, Got a couple of questions here for you, but one of them is, uh, why do people yell "eat shit, Bobby"? Oh, that's such a good, <laughs> such a good question. <sighs> Shout out China, um, Quinn's wife. This is a good story, actually. Do you know this story? Uh, yeah, but I want you to tell okay, it. Okay, cool. So uh, we're playing knockout at Valdosta, classic game in front of Wes and Trav's place at the time, and um, I, I don't think I knew anybody really at this point. I mean, I, I started to know the guys. I started to become friends with them, but I wasn't like, you know, great friends with anybody. I never met Quinn's wife ever. And she's like sitting there on the golf cart, just chilling. And it became my turn to shoot and knock out. And I just hear this, eat shit, Bob. <laughs> I was 
like, what the hell? And I just like kept going and it just, everybody else just thought it was hilarious and started laughing. Well, turns out she said, you ain't shit, Bob. But we all just thought she said, eat shit, Bob, which is just like so harsh for somebody Those you never met. very different like <laughs> chirps that you're throwing out at someone. <laughs> but like, I don't think we even knew that she said, you ain't shit for like months probably, you know, like she's brought up at a dinner like a long time later, but like she's got a Georgia, you know, Southern accent. You ain't shit, Bob. I just heard, eat shit, Bob. So it just stuck. And then uh, Cross will tell you that he thinks that I enjoy getting bullied. He thinks that's just something that I love. And so it just kind of continued. And uh, it's, you know, it's a term of endearment now at this point. But, uh, yeah, it's. So if you ever see Bob at a, Bobby at a, an event, <laughs> don't yell, eat shit, Bob, at him. Yeah, you have to you have to earn that, earn that quote. <laughs> <laughs> if you say it, I probably won't appreciate it. It's funny, though, because, like, you know, like Luke, Luke will not join on that train. Luke Tilt, the other owner of Valdosta, he's like, I will never tell you to eat shit. I love you, Bob. Like, I will never say that to you. It's like, I, I, I appreciate that, Luke. I, I, but they don't mean it. Like, It's an I love you, basically, from yeah. them. It's, it's funny, though. And D- Daniel Jarrett, too, he's like, I will never tell you to eat shit, Bob. I don't care how much they tell me to tell you. So funny. All right, Daniel. <laughs> um, do you think Prada will ever invest in Wakescape? <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's our new uh, PWL title sponsor. Well, I think you don't need any more then if you're yeah, okay. Prada. <laughs> Come on, Grub, help us out. Grub, hook, hook these guys up, dude. Come dude, on, we get dude. a little Prada replay going on. How about Grub, though? 50 million views as of today? That's crazy. It's a lot of eyeballs, dude. That is a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What'd you think about that, Oklahoma man? That was pretty sick. Yeah? What'd yeah. Terry think about it? Terry, Terry Bailey did not, was not stoked on that. But, I, dude, I thought it was sick. I mean, it's a base jump. Bro, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, Grub's the man. Like, you can't hate. Like, I think it's sick that it's Prada because, like, like, why not? It makes like, it that much more like ridiculous. It's yeah. like, dude, this guy's wake skating on a Prada wake skate off a Prada kicker in Dubai off of like a building. Like, how much with money the, with the drone towing him? Like, how much just, money was shared under the table there? But that's that's just how do you, some red how do you jump right off there? of a building in Dubai? Like, money. Um, yeah, I thought that was super cool. It's a lot of eyeballs on wake skating. Um, obviously, in a different aspect, but it's a different piece of the puzzle, dude. Yeah, but I mean, eyes on our sport is a good thing. And Grubb is a great, you know, he's a great legend in our sport. And and there's a reason why he chose to wake skate off of that and not, you know, foil or whatever, you know, like he loves wake skating. Like I've, I've we got to ride with him in the Keys with uh, Luke and Josh uh, in like last January or something. I don't know, last spring. The dude is a legend, man. Like Luke was fanboying over him and he loved every second of it. It was great. It was but he's a legend, dude, and he's so cool. He was stoked on us being there. It was just a timing chance by, you know, by chance, and he rode with us, and it was, it was a great time. Grub's talk- a man. When, when was that? It was this year, this last year. You're talking about the PWL? Yeah, a little bit. What do you, what do you think? What do you think? He loves it. I mean, all those guys, uh, like, he's actually shared stories a couple of times. Like, he was riding with uh, Massey one time, and they were watching it on, like, a Just Ride tour or something, and uh, it's, he, he's all for it. Um, I'd love to see him at an event. Yeah, it'd be sick. He's so sick. Those guys, there's so many, even like the, the open division and the pros, like they'd all be stoked to see him there. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Cause these guys are bigger than, you know, they're bigger than wake skating, right? They're, yeah, huge. Like he's jumping off buildings in Dubai. Like that's a, that's a big deal. Like a lot of huge stuff's happening. So, yeah. I mean, any eyeballs on our sport, like, I mean, those, those iconic guys like Parks and Grub that can, you know, I, we talked about um, Rob Deerdeck. That guy, said skateboard is great but there might be one in 10 households that'll skateboard everybody wears shoes in that in every household 
So how do we make this bigger than skateboarding? And he became a shoe genius, you know, like how do we make wake skating and wakeboarding bigger than its own self? It's not a sport that everybody can ask, but that everybody can get to do. And so we got to figure out a way to something that puts it something in everybody's hands, you know? Um, speaking of which, I mean, what do you think is the best path forward to growing wake skating specifically? You've been around a while. What, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I think that's the key really is that there's something there that is bigger than, than, you know, wake skating. Like, I don't know whether it's shoes or shirts, like there's something that everybody uses every day and we have to figure out what that is and how to tie that to our sport and to connect people. You know, it's all about connecting people to something that they're passionate about. And so what that is, I don't know. Um, but I think right now, I think a, a cool trend is that I, that I like to see is, you know, I've been working with these Twitch streamers. <clears throat> Their audience is a lot of uh, young people. And uh, I think getting those people out of the house, out of watching Twitch, um, or getting these Twitch stars to cable parks or, you know, streamers or whatever, I think using, you know, their legendary status and their audiences, JB O'Neill's killing it right now. That dude has more eyeballs on our sport than anybody has in a while, you know, I guess besides grub, but, um, he's killing it, man. Like he is, and that dude works. I, I, I toured with him for a couple stops a couple summers ago. And like that dude's putting into work, he films to edit and he's able to crank these edits out and the dude's got a game plan and he's killing it. And he's, I've, I've thought about advertising with him just cause he has so many eyeballs. And if anybody in this industry isn't using or thinking about using JB, like you're dumb. Like that dude has more outreach immediately than anybody in our sport right now. 100%. I think he's killing it. And, um, that's huge. And uh, like no, nothing against JP. Like I said, he's working his ass off. Like it's not that hard of work. You're doing it. You're killing it. Like it just takes commitment. Like you have to just put your fist down and say, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm moving to Florida. I'm building the studio and I'm doing it. And look what's happened. You've got 60 some odd people on your Patreon. You've got, thousands of views like you got to put the hammer down and do it and that's what jb's been doing it and it's his videos aren't crazy he's putting a, a gopro on his helmet and talking you know like anybody could do that and he's doing it yeah consistently too yeah. that's huge consistency yeah. is, is definitely a big one uh you've you've been around some uh some famous people i would imagine who's <laughs> the most famous person you've met dang i, I thought you'd ask me this too hey uh, man. <laughs> so i put some thought to it um been around some famous people. That's right. I just figured, dude, you had to have. I mean, yeah. um, I think some are more uh, important to me, I guess. I did this thing with the Rams that was pretty cool after they left. Um, they won a Super Bowl while they are in St. Louis. Matt Stafford. Oh, no. I thought you said after they left. Oh, no. Um, Kurt Warner did like a greatest show on turf, brought all the legends back, got to interview that whole Super Bowl winning team. All kinds of Hall of Famers: uh, Neus Williams, Orlando Pace, Tory Holt, Kurt Warner. Um, at the end of all those interviews of my childhood heroes, I interviewed Coach Dick Vermeil. And after after the interview was over, I shook his hand. I said, "Thanks, Coach, for all the memories." Like went to all these games with my dad, and he looked me in the eyes and goes, "Son, you're quite the turd burglar." And he dropped my hand and he walked out of the room. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I looked at Brad. Brad was with me, the guy that does the streams with me, and I was like what does that mean? <laughs> he looked at me, he goes, I don't know. <laughs> so like, apparently it's a term of endearment, but he was telling me I was a smart ass, I think, because uh, I was, I was, it probably sounded like I was sucking up, but I was very like 
try to be genuine. genuine yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, 21 seasons, man. Like he gave me a lot of memories and yeah, that was, that's pretty wild. And then my, and then uh, for Christmas, I got a random gift from somebody that was like a notepad. And at the bottom, it said from the desk of the turd burglar. And it was like anonymous. I didn't know who gave it to me for so long. It was my damn brother-in-law. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. Um, <laughs> So some of those guys were great. Uh, some great baseball players: Albert Pujols, Mark McGuire, uh, Carlos Beltran. Wow, Mark McGuire! Yeah, holy cow! I went down to the field with our audio guy one time, and Carlos Beltran was like warming up in the cage, and Mark McGuire was our batting coach at the time. And we were asking all the players what they wanted to walk up to the plate to, what song. And so we went to Carlos and said, "What do you want to walk up to the plate to?" And he said, "I want to." I want the song he had when he hit 62 home runs <laughs> in his accent, you know, it's so funny. And he goes, and it was welcome to the jungle. And he goes, welcome to the jungle. <laughs> I was going to say, what song was it? Uh, so good. Yeah. That was, those are pretty cool. Um, I mean, honestly, the, probably the most famous is Amaranth, the, the only fan streamer, unfortunately, but nobody knows who she is. It's the only person I didn't know who it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's probably, I'd say that's probably the, biggest is probably those baseball I mean that's players. a lot of that's a lot of big names yeah there's definitely more out there but honestly like I don't know like those some of those moments like those guys are so in their world like the genuine people are where it's at like John Jay is a he was on our 2011 World Series team I've gone snowboarding with him in St. Louis and yeah we chat every once in a while he skateboards and stuff and that dude's cool, man. Like we were riding one day and I'd like mentioned like the visibility was a little bit rough and he had bought in some goggles that day, like from the shop, like these bright green, like ugly ass shit. And so he's like, all right, man, I'm rolling. Here's my goggles. You said you were having trouble seeing and tossing to me. And I was like, what the hell? Like John Jay just gave me his goggles. They're the ugliest ever. I'm going to wear these things. <laughs> I rock those neon green goggles. But th- those moments are way cooler than like getting an autograph, man. Like we have autograph hounds at all these stadiums. So weird. All the time. I think it's it's weird. so weird. They like know when people are landing at the airport. Like one of our mascots is like one of those guys. He doesn't watch this, but he uh, chases people down at the airports and he loves it. I mean, it's his passion, you know? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't fully understand that. Yeah. I'd, okay. rather, I'd rather get a picture of the guy or hang out with the guy. I don't, I don't even need the even, picture. Yeah, I just, picture, to, yeah, yeah. just let's talk. For a couple minutes. When I was with JB, like we'd be at the park, you know, he like is always taking pictures. He's always got this like little little rocker. It's just like so funny. Like I don't want to be that guy. If you see JB though, ask him for a picture. He loves doing that. <laughs> I always ask for a picture. <laughs> ask and ask if you can be in one of his vlogs too. He loves just no. Just come up behind him and get the selfie without him like being ready. That's, he <laughs> Yo, loves yeah, it. loves that too. Um, what would you like to see more of in the water sports industry? Wakeboarding, wake skating, all that stuff. More cable parks. One hundred percent. Um, yeah, those communities, I think every community needs a cable park and just, as we've mentioned before, like cable park communities are just so fun. And like people that do our sport are great, genuine people. Like the people in the wake skate league, like they're my best friends now. Like they're my closest friends. And I feel like everybody I've met in my time in this career, if you want to call it is, uh, all genuine people and it's great relationships that have forever yeah yeah it's changed my changed my life for sure what gets you stoked on wake skating right now right now yeah in general <laughs> right now or it could be right this second i mean uh, wake skating is just really like a it's a happy place you know it's for me my brain is constantly going a thousand miles an hour and when i can go on a wake skate 
it stops and all I think about is the next trick or what's in, what's right in front of me. And for me, that's like therapeutic. Um, it's definitely gotten me through some very rough times um, over relationships and just dealing with stuff. And um, it's just nice to clear your brain. Like I hear Scooby people talk about this a lot where it's like, yeah, I go down there, my brain shuts off and I'm just in my own world. And I don't think about my, my real life. And I was like, wow, that's, that's how I feel when I wake skate. Like, that's cool. And I think there's, you know, that's, that's enough for me to get out there. And, um, there's that skateboard meme. That's like what I, I quit skateboarding. What is it? Like I, I didn't get old. Cause I, you know, I, I got old. Well, yeah. What, you know what I mean? So like, well, now, now we got to say, it because people are going to be pissed <laughs> if they don't hear what it is. I got old. I didn't get old. Cause I quit skating. I quit skating cause I got old, but it's backwards. Yeah. I quit skating because I got old. No, no, I didn't quit skating because I got old. I got old because I quit skating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so nice. if you keep if you keep riding, you're gonna stay young. You, and you mentally, physically, everything. It keeps you happy. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And I mean, that that was the goal with like you know I I I definitely had the dream to move down to here Orlando and do the whole thing. But like I don't think I really. I think my dad kind of set me back and was like, "Don't combine your." your hobbies and your careers and try to keep me on like a, a focused path. Um, but I think my ultimate goal was really just to ride every day because I enjoyed it. And, um, I want to take advantage of that. And I, 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 you know, preparing for this, I was thinking about that a little bit and it's like, I think in 2024, I want to try to ride maybe not every day, but as much as possible just to I I have that, ask. I have that opportunity. Like, why not? I definitely have broken some ice on the spills and been out there before. So I guess that cold in St. Louis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh with the Rixon you can ride by yourself too. So do you think you bought the superior two tower system? We're about to <laughs> Because in my personal opinion, I do believe you did. Yeah, I one hundred percent do. Um Yeah. There's a lot of things I, I would say, um, for sure. I, I can't say that I have like obviously I've never owned a Sessi Tech and done a lot of maintenance on Sessi Techs. I lived at Valdosta enough to see some of their struggles and some other places. It's not, it's not a bad cable. There's no bad cables out there. No. Uh, they're all sick as hell, but man, Rickson really killed it. Um, the, the linear cable, I'm sorry, horizontal cable with the sled for wakeboarding is the tension is way better for air tricks. Yeah. If you're trying to do that shit, not my cup of tea. I've done a couple on the turn when I first got the cable. I was like, I'm going to do this for ab workouts. <laughs> And I was like, screw this. I mean, it is a good ad workout. Um, the maintenance is unreal easy. There's hardly none, hardly any. Um, you know, I grease it every every month or so, depending on how much we're riding. Um, the counter's counterweight at the other end. Got to have the counterweight. And um, a lot of our parts are very similar to the full size. And so it's, you know, somewhat accessible to get. Not always easiest, but um, it's a great cable. So you're happy with the one you got, though. Yeah, you can... I'll also hit the green button and go without anybody there. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Don't tell my parents that. But I've done it a few times. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's hard because you really, you really have to ride with this. My place is pretty narrow, and so you have to ride with the pretty short ropes that you can actually like do a turn, and you're going to get a strong pull because it's only like 50 feet wide or something. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely possible. Yeah. I've been out there. I, I remember the first time that uh, I think uh, – both Travs, Trav Belcito and Trav Duran came. I was just so stoked that these like sick riders were at my house. And I got up at eight o'clock. I was doing laps before they even got up out of bed. And they like, th- I look up and they're on the deck drinking coffee, just laughing. Cause I'm just r- doing laps. 
It's like, stoked the guys are here. Come down and ride. So what happens when you fall? It keeps going back and forth. Yeah, you back to the remote. <laughs> yeah, dude. So uh, one time, uh, so my, my property is on a floodplain and it floods. And one year it flooded high enough to go over the berm. So like I could ride outside of the like normal area of the lake. And I was like, hell yeah, let's, let's do this. And so uh, I went out there by myself and just, I was just doing hot laps, like not trying anything new or anything. And then I got a little cocky and started doing these like weird butter slide turns or whatever. And so I got to the turn, I got to this one and I like slid so far and just got yanked. The handle just pinged out of my hand. I was like, fuck. And so like typically you can just, you know, swim to the shore, run back to the start dock. Well, it's flooded. So I had to swim. Oh, it's going for a minute. All then. the way back. Cause I'm at the far tower. So yeah. I'm swimming, you know, whatever, 800 feet back to the, to the start dock and disgusting flooded water, you know, and this whole thing's just, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Thank God there was like no features out there to catch the handle. And the like the water was so high there was no spillway anymore. The spillway was like underwater, so it was just like a lake basically. It's pretty Dang. weird. How often would you say you ride then? <sighs> Not enough. Um a few times a week. I'd say three times a week. That's a lot. Yeah. It's definitely a lot. Yeah. Kind of more than me. Yeah, but I right should now. be riding every day. Well, if you got it in your backyard, you should be riding. Should every be riding day. every day and filming every day, but you know, life happens. Commission's busy, dude. Commission life. It, yeah. it ain't easy. All right. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? It seems like maybe there might be, but... Oh, you brought a list. Oh, no. No, I just had some... Notes. Terry Bailey had a whole notebook when we were going through. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, props. That's a good That's a good play. I love that play. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about... Oh, come on, man. Okay. Let's talk about it. So, I was in <laughs> Australia when this happened. We haven't really... I don't think we've talked about our interaction... <laughs> We definitely uh, maybe maybe on message, but maybe not. Yeah. I so I, I guess I I guess Hunter knew who I was. I definitely didn't know who Hunter was. We had met apparently, but I was in Australia and you were ripping the Australians apart at that time. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy got a good one. He butt checked the shit out of that. <laughs> so yeah, he did get a good one. <laughs> but you were you were cooking the everybody at cables. So like they were all like, who the. F- is this guy? It definitely wasn't intentional but that it was in yeah, the well, same spot. When I was there, it was like, they're like, we're getting attacked. Like, this, it's an Australian <laughs> for sure, you know? And so I was like, I'll, uh, I, I think I thought it was JB pretty hard, right? A lot of people thought it was JB, yeah. yeah. And because, like, you did the some edit on him. I was like, I think JB did that himself just to, like, take that himself out. That would be a JB move. The, yeah. Like, right? he would do that. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. Strategic. And so, uh, man, a lot of people were like, just. It was hilarious. They were all like so pissed, but laughing. Like Tommy, Tommy's my boy. Dude. He took me surfing, taught me to surf, and uh, he smashed his nose when he taught me to. He got came out all bloody. Like that should be me, dude. <laughs> I'm the one learning, man. Uh, but shout out him, man. Uh, he's great. He's so funny. Um, but yeah, he was he was bumming and it was like he, he he's hilarious himself. And so like he was all about it, but like nobody could figure it out. And like then of course I go to West Rock and Dan's got the little thing drawn on the door, and so I'm like, yeah, you know you watch this guy draw this thing. I'm like, I, I have to know who this is. And then you started messing with me being like, yeah, I know who you are, Bob, but you don't know who I am. We met once and you know, I started messing with me or whatever. And then the park pro tour happened, I think. And you were still a mystery at that time. I can't remember exactly like the timing of it coming out, but I remember it coming out and everybody being like, who's this scrub wakeboarder talking <laughs> whoa, all this whoa, shit? Whoa, 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 whoa. Scrub, I had a street part out at the time. Come on, guys. <laughs> How many street clips are Wait, you did, racking up? Didn't you reveal it in the first CMT or the second? The first one. Yeah, so you didn't have... Did you have a part out? That was the part that yeah. I revealed it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I think I would have waited. 
I should have waited. I should have never done it. You should never. I done also, it, yeah. also, I think it kind of ran its course and it was kind of over. So, yeah. I really but I remember everybody being super bummed that it was like not a pro rider. Wow, know? that's the first time I'm hearing that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they were. That they makes were, me even happier I, that they were all oh, bummed. Should, yeah, you should be like, yeah, you should be like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. They were all bummed and like, like, oh, you know, who's? I think even Courtney was like, oh, it's some scrub from up north <laughs> in the states. Like, what? Who's this? And then everybody just kind of forgot about it. And they're like, all right. He was onto something like, <laughs> but like, what was it like big being mysterious? And why did you want to reveal yourself? Uh, I mean, like I said, it kind of had run its course for me. Yeah. Like I was, I wasn't really interested in making a ton more of the videos. And I feel just like too much hate. Well, not of, hate, but like, it's just, I dude, I really didn't get that much hate. There were like a couple people that were like really mad, but there were like a couple people that were not stoked, but dude, almost everyone was like, ha ha ha. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it wasn't like a, and it wasn't like a serious thing that it wasn't supposed to be serious. Right. No, like, yeah. I mean, like we mentioned, like you can't, there's no progression without hate. And like, it was needed. I mean, wake siege was needed at that point. And I wasn't really like that involved when that was all going on, but like listening to Dylan talk about like the nicest guy in the world being wake siege. Like, right. Yeah. So funny. Um, yeah, but I do feel as though it did clean up a lot. I think that there was, we were getting a little sloppy. Like there was a lot of sloppy sure. shit going down, especially by the pros. So I was like, well, but who's this guy? Who's this guy? To be that guy? Scrub from up north. I, I think it's sick. And like, again, props to you with the Oakmont man was sick to like get your get your name out there, I think. And then like the crowd matters, man. You've really just taken the bull by the horns and like props to you because it, it's not easy. Like just trying to stick with like Sunday hangs with Bammer week to week. Like that's freaking hard. And you're doing research and like you're killing it, dude. Keep it up, dude. Appreciate it. There's so I, many connections that everybody's having to this podcast that I think is super sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to hear. You. I mean, stories from you, but like everybody else, it's like it's awesome to hear that people are are stoked on I it. I mean, like sure. Dowdy. Dowdy used to ride INT. I saw. I helped Dowdy learn his first tantrum. Man, like he was throwing tantrums on the. Or he's throwing tantrums on the trampoline, but he was just doing head dives onto the trampoline. <laughs> And then, like, a week later, his dad's like, check it out. He got it. He got it. He's doing one-week tantrums at, like, seven years old, dude. Kid was good. Dude, he was still, unreal. Still is good. I'll have to get Dowdy on the pod. That'd be a good one. I'll help you out with that. Yeah. I'm, we still talk every once in a while. I was, I was good friends with his family. Dude, so yeah. it's like. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll his see. dad and mom are awesome people. Like, I, spent, I was supposed to go out, hang out with another family at the lake they were at and uh, ended up staying with them all weekend. And, like, pff, that family's rock. Dude, they're I awesome. Bet. I bet, dude. Let's make so a kid sick. like Dowdy. I mean, yeah. They're whole, sure. They had like six kids. There's so many kids running around that house. I didn't know they had that many yeah. siblings. That I mean, uh, explains a lot. Uh, I, I do want to say, before we wrap it up, I do want to say thank you from the entire wakeboard industry because I can speak on behalf of everybody, apparently. Oh. But I, seriously, I do. I, I feel like you don't get enough thanks. You get a lot of thanks. Like at Yard Sale, everyone's very appreciative. But like what you do and what you've done for wakeboarding and wake skating has been you can't measure the amount of you know eyeballs you've got on the sport and the legitimacy you've brought to these contests with the live streams and i think everybody can only hope that we'll see more and more and more of bobby commish in the future yeah. but i mean i'm all right with staying behind the camera you know it's fine but no i appreciate that um you know like i said wakeboarding has really changed my life and and i don't know what i where i would be without it to be honest like shout out to my parents for letting me be this wake skater dude that wear board shorts to high school every day and like dude i was such a goofball like um but i mean I'd, i always did like weird shit my parents are always behind it like i played the bassoon in high school like i was the what the bassoon the yeah. hardest woodwind instrument double reed yeah oh, that is stupid shit i played it because i liked the peter and the wolf cartoon and the grandpa was the bassoon okay uh, whatever random shit and so like i don't they always just supported me and like this whole idea of doing the cable they supported me the whole time and 
Um, you know, I had to get some money from them here and there just because things were going the wrong way. And um, they've always been behind behind me. And I don't know where I, what I would do without them, but they introduced me to this crazy passion and um, it's really shaped me and I think made me a better person. And it's just my small way of giving back to a sport that's done so much for, for me and my family. And more than that, I think we're all super like unique to be a part of a sport that's so young. Like I work in baseball, baseball's hundreds of years old. Like this sport has been born in our lifetime and we are making an impact for history forever. So um, we're pretty lucky to be, in, in the birth of the sport, you know, it's, it's all still pretty young. So what we can do to help make that sport bigger and better and pay back what it's done for us, I think it's just a small token of our appreciation. A hundred percent. I think the part about it being young is something that people often don't think about, but it's a very unique, cool thing. Like yeah. it's still being shaped what it is today. Like rail riding is. Yeah. Still- and I think it's, it's going to constantly evolve. Like surfing, wake surfing has changed our sport dramatically and, and it's almost kind of disconnected from, wakeboarding and wake skating now which is so interesting to me but like our surf our boat's going to be surf boats and cable's going to be its own thing like who knows what's going to happen in the future and things are constantly going to evolve but it takes people like yourself and myself and space mob and daniel jarrett and all and john drylings and you know all these big names that are just doing what they can to help keep our sport in the presence you know in front of eyeballs yeah we got to and keep it growing keep it going in the right direction that we want to see it go in people with passions are better people you know like Dude, people without them are boring. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> they do kind of Life suck, suck, man. <laughs> they're Karens, right? They're the yeah. ones that are kicking us out of spots. I was going to say, they're the ones showing up to the, the county meeting saying that you don't want this damn cable in my backyard. Yeah. So. Is there anybody, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about or anyone you want to thank? Uh, there's all kinds of people I want to thank. Um, I love the notebook. Yeah. Or notepad or whatever. This is like a total media pad here. Um... Yeah, um, I have a list of people that I'm going to forget a bunch of people, but, uh, you know, starting out in the early days of INT, like there were some families like the, the Fowler family, they took us under their wing, the Vosses, uh, they ran our INT locally. They really, you know, drug me into the sport and got me involved. I was announcing and doing all those things. The homies growing up, riding, Malishak, Myrcord, anybody that helped with the spills, the, uh, Gabe, Kyle, his brother, Justin, um, the, the struggle, which was my first attempt at a park in my backyard. That was a long time ago. I should show you a picture of that. Whew. That was some stupidity. Yeah, send that in so I can put it up. <laughs> it's a great one. Um, yeah, um, Space Mob, those guys have been huge. Some of my best friends, definitely my best friends. Uh, Bammer's been great roommate. And, uh, you know, that dude has some amazing outlooks on life. Um, everybody at Valdosta that, and everybody at every wake park that's, ever done anything to like move a feature tighten a carrier you guys are the backbone of this industry and we got to get more cable parks out there and so i really encourage people to just go visit more cable parks like travel every cable park is fun you're gonna you might meet a new best friend you might need to meet a new rider and you might try a new trick because you're watching somebody else and you know like even just being out at a at Valdosta today, Quinn's like, why aren't you riding? Like you're here, go ride. You know, it's like stuff like that. People are just so pumped up to go ride and get out there, get out there, visit more parks. Otherwise they're going to close. They're closing like not good, right? Don't now. worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're all, we're good. We're good. Are we? We're, we're going to be all right. Don't worry. I'm worried, dude. You really not worried? I'm not that worried. Why? 
Well, I'm not going to act worried even if I was. I'm worried, dude. <laughs> like, we had 33 parks in 2020, and now we're down to 28. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, a reason for a few of them, but yeah, it's definitely, I got it's one. interesting. I got one for you. Okay. This is a Daniel Jarrett uh, justified question. Oh, boy. He talk, talks a lot about the two-tower private, privatization. Okay. Yeah. My, my situation's a bit different. Where, where do you stand with that effect on wakeboarding? So when I talk to Reed about it, it seems to be more wake skating that it affected than wakeboarding so much. I mean, there were a couple, there were some yeah. like Area 52 and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the boat side is kind of private a little bit too, you know? It's basically what it is. A yeah. boat is a, a private cable that you, you know, is less versatile in terms of the riding that you can do behind it. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I, Reed didn't seem to think it had much of an effect on wake skating's overall growth and impact. And it, he didn't seem to think it had a, you know, it was a big deal. I, I'm, I mean, what do you think? I disagree with that a little bit. I, I would say that I kind of disagree too. He had I mean, for points, him, but. for him, yeah, like for him, it was great. Like he was landing more tricks than anybody, you know? Um, but I don't know, like, I, I'm not talking shit on Reed, but like, you know, I think he was probably charging people to come ride his thing. I would imagine he's got electric bills and stuff to pay. And like, it's hard to say that that's really growing the sport. Yeah. It's progressing the sport for sure. He's landing new tricks and stuff, but, uh, it's not hurting the sport by any means, but, but there's but, something that Daniel has or Dan has about going to a park and does showing his up absence on the dock. though is I think kind of Dan's point is like if if these pros are never at the parks that all the other people go to it's tough because it's like well for me if I'm growing up and I'm wakeboarding and wake skating if I see Trent Stuckey I'm at every, at the park and he's doing crazy shit I'm like okay wow cool that's awesome that's motivating me to go ride but if there are no wake skaters at your park. Nobody is going to wake skate because there is yeah. nobody to wake skate with and there's nobody to hang out with and talk shit about wake skating. Nobody to swim with. <laughs> nobody to swim with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we did, uh, before the PWL started, we did like a wake skate Wednesday thing to try to like just drive promotion. And uh, and it was tough. Like Wednesday is a tough day, first of all, for people to go to the cable park. And uh, we brought a bunch of old decks and got people on. People were stoked to get on wake skates. But like it's a drop in the bucket. We're there for one day of a whole season um you know if we were there for a month or a whole season or, you know like there's guys at west rock that come and ride like i'm there once a month or so on, on a good year and a couple and greg's there every once in a while and some some regulars but unless you're there every day it's tough um i don't know it's a tough one i it feel is. like i feel like you got to go to cable parks to to grow but like also like water monsters isn't going to be selling boards at cable parks i don't think maybe like a valdosta but like not like a, like a nona yeah they're gonna get like a compression molded liquid force or ronix entry level board so i don't know i don't know i don't think that wakeskate sales are the end all be all you know i think it's something else something else that everybody can use what do you mean by that like deer dick with the shoes like every, it's gonna be you know if you take a random hundred people maybe one of them even if you take a random hundred wakeboarders, maybe one of them will have a wake skate, but all of them have a pair of shoes, you know? Yeah. You just have to get something to tie to wake skating to grow. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Is wake skating too hard? Because it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. I mean, that's part of what makes it cool, right? Like, that's part of what why it's cool. 
for me at least like that's why yeah. that's part of why skateboarding is cool it's because it's fucking hard like that's part of why it's cool yeah but i don't i guess that's is it too hard i don't know if uh, i want to get my mom or my sister or my brother-in-law into wake skating i guess it's a barrier to do entry. i get them into wakeboarding first that's a you'll get a different answer from every person on that one I, i've had guys i've gotten up on a wake skate without any wakeboarding and they land a shove first try i've gotten guys that have tons of wakeboard skill that struggle on the wake skate you know um obviously they go hand in hand a bit there's some fundamentals there even trick skiing and water skiing help out but it's tough it's a tough barrier to entry you know it's it's not an aqua park you can't just go out there and do it um so is it too hard i don't know i think that there's there's not enough opportunities to even the same in wakeboarding like there's you it's that constant fight of slow ride versus catering to your your members you know if there were more two towers out there and people could get more attempts at trying it, I think that it would be successful, but it's like, it's hard to have two full size cables. You know, it's, it's just hard to get people out there. I think, yeah. I think like having events in public parks, like we did a, a show in St. Louis on 4th of July as a concert series. And we ended up doing some like wakeboard, um, cable setup. And, um, I was like, man, this is so cool, but it'd be way cooler if we were like teaching people how to wakeboard here. Well, that's the thing with all those events, right? Where it's like you do a demo of wakeboarding on the cable. But if there's no cable park around that all... So all these people yeah. saw this event. They thought it was cool. Hey, that'd be fun to try. But they're even like, what is this thing? Yeah, you what know? is this thing? Tell me more. I want to learn. Yeah. But if there's nothing around them for them, they, if they can't try it, then it's like, yeah, it's, like, what's it's the cool point? that you expose it to them, but there is nowhere for them to go. Yeah. Like a guy goes to the backflip. They're like, yeah, what's this motorized zip line? <laughs> Where can I do that at? Florida? Oh. Okay. You can buy your own for 100 G's or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or 25 G's. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think we just need more. We need more parks. We need more two towers. We just need more access to the water, and it's gonna take time. I don't know what the what the trick is, but I'm gonna keep pushing ski resorts pretty heavy. I'm just gonna keep saying it until it so, happens. So, so I've talked to Hidden Valleys, our local ski hill. You're talking about using the base, the snow base, or whatever. Yeah. Um, or just or just the fact that it would be a perfect spot for the cable to be. It is. I mean, like, so at Hidden Valley, they have a zip line that they put in. They spent, like, $4 million on this zip line. So it's a Vail resort. Somebody died at another Vail resort that has a zip line. So guess what? Zip line's been shut down. It worked one season. The worst part about the zip line is it's, I think it's, like, 75 bucks to do the four zip tour or whatever. How many times are you going to do that? Once. You're never going to go back and do that again. You got all four. You paid 75 bucks. It's a one and done. Yeah. So stupid. That's a waste of money. And they have this, like, we're designing a new lake at the bottom of our hill right now. And I'm like, let, let me design that lake. Like, I've designed a few now. Let me let me help you out. And I don't know if it's a liability thing. It's Sometimes I get, like, when I was working with these city, county things, sometimes you get the reason why. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just they stop talking. Sometimes they it's look like, into it and they're like, it's just too too much red tape. It's way too hard for us to try and yeah, figure this and out. And they're scared of the like, liability, but there's all like we had I had Mike Olson give you an answer for every piece of red tape that somebody throws at you, you know, and people just they don't they don't want to fight. They don't want to fight for it. So Well Yeah. It's dumb though. It's such a like I watch thousands of people go through that place in the in the two and a half months we're open from January to the middle of March. And they could be open with a wakeboard park for five months, even even the three months of main summer, you know. And it's pulling teeth, man. It's weird. It is, and weird. yet they're going wasted. And I'm, they don't drink that much at our hill, but like some of these big mountains are 
flying down these things wasted. Oh, every single mountain. You will see that at every single mountain. They're crazy to hammering me. at the bar at the bottom or in the parking lot, and then they're going snowboarding or skiing. Every Slamming them mountain. up the ski lift yeah, and like fireball shooters on the thing. It's like everybody's doing it. And we're strictly no alcohol, and we struggle to get parks. Yeah. It's like crazy. I, I just, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like if you get a couple dominoes to fall when it comes to the ski industry part of things. If I you can re- get like a veil on board, get one proof of concept. Yeah. Like, man, if we could get it, uh, I think what now is going to take for a wakeboard park to be successful is it's not going to be a wakeboard park. It's going to be an action park. Of 100%. Some kind. Yeah. And so, yeah, to get somebody on board like a veil. <sighs> Man, that would be a game changer. I just, it would be so cool because they all have restaurants and bars. Can you build the lake within viewing of the restaurant bar? You got a beach. Now you have, you can keep your restaurant open year round. That helps with everything. You can keep your chairlifts open for, you keep your chairlifts open for rides tours or whatever. Or whatever yeah. Get people there. Like, I, it's just, it, to me, it, it makes so much more sense than it doesn't make have, sense. Have you been up to uh, Roseland? I haven't. I haven't no. either. Yeah. Is but that one at a ski resort? I think that's what Mike said on your podcast. Yeah. I guess I, yeah. I haven't been. So I, don't I haven't know. been either, but. Yeah, I don't know. Be interesting. Yeah, it would be. I think it would work, but those are corporations, and the corporations are tough to break. Well, they got to just see a huge return. It's got to be somebody from the inside, and like I'm on the inside now, and I'm on the train park at Hidden Valley, and it's just not happening. You just got to keep pushing. (laughs) Yeah, just keep pushing. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. It's snow. We're not pushing on snow. (laughs) That's true. That's true. this has been a good one. This has been a great What's your hottest one? take on wakeboarding? Oh, man. Well, I didn't you spin, spin the, the fucking wheel. I didn't spin the wheels. I didn't land on it, so I guess I don't, I don't have to do a hot take. I want to fail at this wakeskate trivia to you. What's the oh, STL uh, trivia? Let's do the, uh, let's do the trivias real quick. I mean, I wrote them down. Might as well do them, huh? Yeah. Uh, STL trivia. I'm interested. Uh, you want to do wakeskate trivia or STL trivia? Let's start first? with STL. I got two St. Louis ones because I wasn't sure if the first one was going to be too easy or not, so we'll do both. Cool. Um... Who is the only president to have gone to the top of the Gateway Arch? Oh, wow. Well, that's not too easy, I guess, then. <laughs> I'd say probably Obama, I guess? No. No. Dwight Eisenhower. You, presidents are not allowed to go to the top of it. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense, I and guess. And he did, like, a thing because he helped with construction of something in the area at the time. And oh, so when it was top. built, like, yeah, whatever. You know that the uh, arch is as wide as it is tall? I did not know that, but I knew that if it was off by one sixty fourth of an inch, it wouldn't match up at the top. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy, and it sways like fifteen inches. I think. I didn't know for the longest time that you can go to the top of it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I took Ange up there when she came to St. Louis, and there's a video on YouTube somewhere. It's pretty yeah. cool. We did a helicopter tour. Sick. Yeah, I'm not dope. a big fan of the helicopters. My first one is pretty cool. I wouldn't go on one of those. What about a paramotor? <laughs> I would do that. My cousin does that. He's big into that stuff. Nice. Or not the paramotor. He does the Brian Grubb shit. Um, okay, the other St. Louis trivia. How many home runs did the St. Louis Cardinals team have in the 2022 MLB regular season? 22? 20, 2022 regular. Why 22? I don't know, because it was what I came up on Google. Oh, okay. That's a, how many home runs did the team have? Yeah. In 2022? Yes. <laughs> like, why not last year? Last year was zero. 2022. That was 23. Oh, is this the 24 season that's kicking off now? What do you mean kicking off? We're in off season. Yeah. Oh, we're in off baseball season? starts in March. Oh, that's right. April. It's December now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't fall. What are you airing this? <laughs> January. It's coming out January. Um, I don't know. Uh, team home runs total. I don't know. Probably. God, I'm so bad with this stuff. Uh, let's go with 150. 150. 197. Okay. All right. It's probably 150 this year. Wake skate trivia. 
Oh god. This is uh this is I don't know if this is a good one or not because I'm not you know super wake skater, but uh, in 2011, which wake skater had the cover of Transworld Business? What? Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, Transworld Business. So yeah. that was part of like Transworld Snow Wake, it, and it must have been their like business Forbes magazine type deal. Okay, so 2011. Yep, business wake skater. We had talked about him on this podcast previously. On tonight, tonight, his name has been mentioned. 2011 business. Well, there's only like a couple guys that come to mind when you put the word wake skating and business in the same sentence. Yeah. I think it was a night shot. I don't know if that helps. You probably don't remember it, but. I definitely don't remember even the magazine. Me um, either. 2011. I mean, it's got to be Grub is the only one that, no. Not Grub. Business. I think this guy's known for having a mustache, maybe. Oh, Aaron Reed? No. Well, he he has a mustache, but not that guy. Uh, One more guess. 2011. 2011. Hmm. I don't know. Nike guy, I think? Ben? Yep. Ben. Yeah. For business. For the skate park thing? World business. For the skate park thing? What do you mean skate park thing? He makes skate parks now. It probably was what, what the article I don't think was. he was doing that. Maybe he was doing that then. He got a cover, but it was him doing like a, I don't know what it was. It, was so it wasn't for his business. It was just he was the cover on the magazine. He was the cover on the magazine, but they probably did a piece. I yeah. would imagine if he was doing something like that. Yeah, I'd like to but, read that article. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have cool. the cover? Do you, do uh, you I have, have the photo. I can pull up the photo. I don't have a uh, trans world business. No, I do not have that copy of trans world <laughs> business. He's got a whole here. box down here <laughs> of every like wake magazine ever. Yeah. Thanks, Garrett Cortese, for that. Super, super helpful. Yeah. All right, man. I mean, that's all I got. All right. Um, let's see. Let's see if I give you some trivia. What uh, What's your favorite park in the U.S. first? It's oh, kind I of know, like... I know one you didn't ask that you normally ask people to. Well, what do I usually ask? Favorite wakeboarder of all time. I know yours, though. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite... I was gonna, I was hoping that I was going to land on goat, but it didn't land on goat. Oh, okay. I was going to say wake skater, but... Yeah. You know. uh, for me, I'm going to go wake wakeboarding. Well, we'll just wake as a whole. For me, it's parks. Um yeah, he's just so iconic to me, and I think that Raf's time of I was into wake skating at that time, so I think I was I, I'm not saying he was a bad rider. He was phenomenal, obviously, but um, I think the eyeballs that Parks has brought onto our sport and just the uniqueness of the things that he's done, and, and just like his background, that you can barefoot like a madman. He can barefoot behind an F one, yeah. <laughs> like whatever a race car. And, uh, yeah, that dude's huge. He's iconic in not just our sport. And I don't think there's anybody else that you can really say that in our industry. And so he's the GOAT in my book. Okay. That's a totally fair answer. Yeah. I don't think – I mean, it's got a good argument to it. So, all right. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Wake skater? Scrub, I guess. You can't argue the 50 million. He was my hero as a child. So um, the greatest – Skilled wake skater to me is probably Ben Haran. His kickflip business, that flick is buttery. Perfect. Uh, Andrew and Austin Pester, also great. And Nick Taylor. Oh, you're just listing them off now. No, that, those four for me, the prep, the Pesters, even, even the other brother too, um, and Nick and Ben, those guys, 
have always been so good. And I just remember watching how smooth their writing was in their videos. And, uh, yeah, the flick though, I, I, I've been trained now by some of the boys on the skateboard stuff. And like, he's got the truest kick skateboard kickflip mm. on a wake skate. It doesn't look like a wake skate kickflip. It yeah, looks it's, like a skateboard not kicking the board down. He's flicking. Yeah. And you don't see that too often. Very true. Pretty sick. Definitely. And then Drew got reposted by Tony Hawk with that kickflip. That kickflip was sick, dirty. Didn't he? What he front through that, back through that, or something too? He did. He did. He kickflipped yeah. and he three did or something like that. So yeah, those guys are unreal. And uh, I mean, those guys are you know probably in my opinion the most skilled with the like skateboard style to it. I think yeah. like Reed's great. Reed's fantastic behind the boat and has all kinds of tricks at his spot. But like the the true core skateboard style, can't deny Ben and Andrew of what they've done in our sport. Hundred percent. So good. Definitely. That's right. it. That's it. I love it. All right. Well, thanks, every, thanks, thanks, Bobby, for coming on. Make sure to follow Bobby, and and follow the PWL this coming season and whatever events he might have his hands in. You can uh, ask to follow the spills now. <laughs> you <laughs> can re- you can request if you want to uh, come out and ride the spills for real though. Like it's you know it is private, but hit me up on on the gram and if you're, you're coming, rolling through. Yeah, if you're coming through, and actually we're on uh, Skate B and B now. I oh, I did see that. that. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll put that link in the bio. So if you want to see, yeah, it's pretty cool. See there, so. the guys from KC is super helpful. So I'm hoping maybe that can turn into some fun. That definitely sounds like a lot of fun. So the, we got the sick bunk bunk bed situation in the in the basement. So it's built for people to come through and hang and ride in yeah. sessions. So that's sick. Yeah, come on through. Yeah, I'll put that in the in the description. If you you got to come through. Out. You and ZMT need to come session some spots in the loo. I'm down. Yeah, come I'm on. I'm definitely down. All right, I love it. All right, thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. If you want to hit the Patreon, make sure to do that. The link is in the description. Smash uh, that like button. Yeah, smash that like button. Smash the shit out of it. But don't smash it more than twice because then it'll unlike the video. It, yeah. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Hit them comments. Hit the comments. Run the comments up. Talk some shit about Bobby. What's, what's up with Bobby? Come eat on. Some shit. <laughs> eat shit, Bobby. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for tuning in. See you guys next time. Peace.